Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next level. Next level. Welcome to our 167th weekly webcast. If this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. If you've been with us before, welcome back. And so the way this call works is this is an AMA, meaning you can ask me anything. You can ask me business questions, career questions, anything you want to. And my goal here is to humbly help you with your career or anything I can help you with humbly in life. So further ado, uh, let's begin. I see a bunch of questions there. Please keep typing them and thank you. Now, I showed you a, a promotional video there to start today's webcast uh, for a course of mine called the Complete Presentation Course. And I wanna give a big shout out to my producer and director, Adad Warda, for doing a wonderful job on that. Um, also, that, that was my son. That is my son in that, in that clip you saw. A lot of people ask me if that's him. That's, that's Dylan. He's a bit older now, of course. Um, he's actually 12, going on 30, because he has two older brothers that are both driving now. Gives me a heart attack when they boil the car, but we'll, we'll be okay. All right, cool. So first question I've got here uh, is from uh, Demian, uh, who is uh, originally from Venezuela. Uh, but he lives now in beautiful Barcelona. Uh, he took my silver MBA program. Now he's enrolled uh, in my platinum program. It's a pleasure to see you again here, Demian. And please make sure you connect in person, if you can, with Raquel, who's one of my amazing other students from Barcelona that graduated last year. Good to see you. And so Demian wrote, hold that tiger, hold that tiger. Uh, and that's reference to something we talked about uh, in the curriculum uh, this week. Um, now, hold that tiger is a quote from one of my favorite business movies. Uh, it's about uh, a guy who's the, I guess, the version of Elon Musk from the 1950s. Uh, it's called Tucker. It's played by, brilliantly by Jeff Bridges. Wonderful movie. It's about passion and starting a company and having an incredible positive attitude. And all successful entrepreneurs I've ever met in my life have one thing in, pos in common. They're very positive people. And so check out that movie if you can. It's called Hold That Tiger. Okay. But a better movie I think everybody should watch um, if you have children or if you're worried about your career uh, or if you're not happy doing what you're doing in life uh, is a great um, Bollywood uh, movie uh, called The Three Idiots, which is fantastic. Um, it's, I think, the top grossing Bollywood movie of all time. It's a life changer. Uh, one of my students from my MBA class, MBA class two years ago, uh, Kevin Patel, told me about it. When I watched it, I laughed and I cried several times. It's great. Again, check it out, please. It's called Three Idiots. And I'm not referring to my wonderful children. I'm, I'm the idiot here. Okay. All right. Um, next up, uh, Demian wrote, uh, Good morning, Chris and all. Good morning to you too, brother. Uh, my question today. Virgin Orbit went public recently. May I have your thoughts? Would it be an attractive investment to buy it? Big hug. Thank you. Likewise. Big, big hug right, hug right back at you. Um, so I'd have to look through the, the financial statements in a lot of detail. Now, what we cover in the, in the curriculum, uh, the MBA curriculum in the fourth semester, is I provide you with a template uh, to analyze any company. And I can actually show you that template right now if you want to. Um, okay. Um, now, in this template, I provide you with every single tip you can think about uh, when, it comes to, um, when, it, when it comes to investing in, in a company. Give me one second to tee this up, please. I didn't get much sleep last night, but I'm okay. I'm always here. Okay. So EMS 4-1, I think is the address here, 
or maybe it's 4-2. Stay with me, folks. Thank you. <laughs> here it is here. Okay, great. So if you go to uh, my website, haroonventures.com, and you type in EMS-4-2, all lowercase, um, you can download uh, an Excel spreadsheet. And this spreadsheet has everything you need to look at uh, whenever you want to analyze a, a company. I'm going to download it here, and I'll open it up quickly in Excel. And it's based on the, the cumulative experience that, that I've had um, teaching students uh, how to invest in companies, and also based on my, look at me buying time trying to find the file. It's also based on my, my cumulative experience uh, trying to um, invest in companies. So I'm going to go to my downloads here. And again, you guys can download it if you want to as well. Never easy to find my download folder. Here it is here. All right, great. Yeah, and so it's based on my experience uh, working on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs, working uh, in the hedge fund industry at Citadel, uh, and then working in venture capital. Um, when I had my own venture capital firm and I did a, 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 an investment in Facebook before they went public. So you guys can check it out uh, if you want to. Again, you go to my website, haroonventures.com slash all lowercase EMS dash four dash two. Now, in this dashboard here, you'll see there's 100 steps on how to analyze a company. And let me make it a little bit bigger to get uh, so you guys can see it. Hold on a second. All right. And so on the top there, you'll see qualitative research steps. In the middle, you'll see quantitative research steps. And then down here is financial research steps. And so from a qualitative perspective, the most important thing to always look at is the management team. And Richard Branson, you can't get better than that. Hopefully he's very much involved in that, not his other companies. So after you're comfortable with the management team, then I recommend going through the rest of this spreadsheet. Now, I mentioned start with the management team always because when I used to work in venture capital, we used to say we'd always rather prefer investing in an A-plus management team with a B business model instead of investing in an A-plus business model with a B management team. And you always want to look at the management team first because what happens is execution is, is of a paramount importance. Ideas are commodities, but execution is not. And so it's a very good filter for you as well to decide whether or not to invest or to do more research. So once you pass that first step of, are you happy with, with the management team? You can document it all here if you want to. Then you go through all the other steps here. Now, when it comes to these, uh, these very forward-thinking companies, uh, the likelihood, likelihood of them having earnings in the near term is very, very low. And so what I humbly recommend you do is you build out a financial model uh, where you value the company based on your earnings estimates in five or 10 years. And you can do it, uh, Demian, with, with all the steps here as well, okay? Uh, including uh, income statement, forecast, balance sheet, et cetera, deferred revenue, cash flow. I have a lot of steps here for you. And then once you enter in all these steps, the 1,000 fields get fed into a report here. And this is just dummy data. And then when you hit print, it actually prints uh, a one-pager. And you can save it as PDF if you want to save uh, paper, which is a good thing to do. What I've also included here uh, is a, a detailed uh, report and a detailed uh, dashboard. And this is just dummy data here, but there's plenty of graphs here. There's no macros in this, meaning there's no security vulnerabilities when you download this file. And on every single tab here, what I also have is I have a link to a video to learn more about that step. Okay, and there's, there's 100 steps here. Obviously, I put a ton of work into this. 
let me mute this here, yeah. So I go through it in, in a lot more detail uh, as, as well. And then what you can do is you click here on detailed report and then you can export 150 page write-up. And I learned all this, again, having worked on Wall Street, having made a lot of mistakes, having done, having done well, humbly, sometimes too. Um, and I wanna help you do your own research. And I promise you that this dashboard that you use here uh, is, is more detailed, it's more thorough, and it's more helpful than anything you'll find out there from big investment banks in terms of how to invest in a, in a company. Now, let me finish off this, this question with um, how to think about earnings. So there's two types of investors. There's a growth investor and there's a value investor. Now, value investors, they want earnings right now uh, and they want to buy cheap stocks like Warren Buffett. But value investors don't want the company to grow that quickly because they want the company to take their excess cash and instead of investing too much in R&D or salespeople, what they do uh, is they, uh, they create a big dividend or they buy back shares, making the valuation of the company uh, much more attractive. Now, growth investors, on the other hand, and I'm a growth investor myself, um, growth investors, what they like to do is they like to create a financial model and they don't want the company to be profitable or very profitable today. And the reason is because they want the company to reinvest uh, in, in hiring salespeople, in opening overseas offices, and investing a ton in research and development. So why would you buy a company then that doesn't have a price earnings multiple, meaning earnings are, are actually negative? Well, you do it because if you value the company in your financial model, and you come up with earnings in five or 10 years uh, that, that are a very big number, then what you can do is you take the price today divided by the earnings in five or 10 years. And that's how I think a lot of the smart investors think when they invest, invest in growth stocks. So as you build out your financial model, Demian, uh, what I recommend doing is valuing the company, meaning coming up with a target price based on your earnings estimates in five or 10 years. And I'll give you a couple of examples. And for years, people thought I was crazy investing in Amazon because there was no earnings. And they would say to me, Chris, why would you invest in a company that's trading at 150 times earnings or no PE? And I would say to them, uh, no, it's actually trading at three or four times earnings. That means three or four times my earnings estimate in five or 10 years. And you gotta be very long-term focused when you invest uh, in growth companies. Other metrics you wanna look at closely from a finance perspective um, are deferred revenues. And that's on the balance sheet. And what that means is instead of just looking at earnings and revenue this quarter, next quarter, et cetera, if a company sells something to a customer and they actually don't deliver the product yet, they collect the cash, then they can't recognize that by law as revenue yet. So that goes on the balance sheet in the uh, liability section um, under deferred revenue. And so when you analyze companies and you look at their results, and sometimes you'll notice this, you'll notice that a company reports earnings and they miss their revenue estimate, but the stock goes up. And sometimes that happens because deferred revenue, meaning revenue they're gonna be able to recognize from the balance sheet in future quarters went up a lot. So when you analyze revenue uh, of a company, you always wanna look at revenue plus the change in deferred revenue, meaning last quarter's deferred revenue to this quarter's because that will tell you what the pipeline looks like. And so revenue plus the change in deferred revenue is called bookings. And you gotta look at that closely. 
But the bottom line is start with the management team, go through all those steps I showed you as well. And we'll cover that in a lot more detail uh, in the Gold and Platinum program, which you're in uh, of my MBA program uh, in about a month or so in the finance and accounting classes. Okay, so you wanna go through the entire report, uh, create it from scratch, build out your financial model, and then consider whether or not you should invest. And the reason I, I want you to do that, uh, and in my MBA program, I provide my students with just a ton of arrows in their quiver or tools in their toolbox. The reason I want you to do all that due diligence yourself is because you won't panic or we won't panic if the stock goes down a lot. And Warren Buffett once said the New York Stock Exchange is the only store in the world where consumers sell stuff and it goes on sale. And I want you to be a pit bull on a pork chop. I want you to start to buy a stock that you like, a little position, and then after you finish all the research, and this is gonna sound out there, but I want you to hope the stock goes down a ton so you can make it a full position. And sometimes what I'll do actually, um, when I used to manage money in hedge funds, is I would think I like a stock, I'm not sure, and I'd buy a tiny little bit of it, which would force me to do research on the company so that that position in my portfolio can either go up or out, meaning increase in size or decrease in size. I never love to have more than 5% of any investment, uh, in, of, of any portfolio in any particular investment from a risk management perspective. And I remember when I ran my, my hedge fund years ago, uh, one of my analysts, uh, Jason, um, great guy, I remember he was at E3, which is the annual video, video game convention uh, in, in, um, uh, in, in Los Angeles. And I used to go every year as well, it's fun. And he was at E3, and it was the summer actually, the summer of 08, yeah. And he called me and he said, Chris, I think I like Netflix because uh, Microsoft just mentioned they're gonna let it allow you to stream Netflix uh, on the Xbox. I think I like it, but I need to do more research. And by the time he finished saying that, I said to him, I already bought 25 basis points of it in the portfolio, uh, meaning 0.25% uh, of a position. And I told him, this sounds great. Please do more research on it so we can decide whether to punt it or scale it. Yeah. And when you do these one-page write-ups, uh, the wonderful thing about it or the detailed reports, as I showed you in that downloadable file, when you do this, what it does is it, it makes you it makes you a stockholder, like somebody that's long-term focused in a stock instead of just a tourist, instead of just a renter of a stock. And if you do a report like that, which I always recommend you do, then let's say two years from now, you bought the stock today. Two years from now, the stock is getting crushed and you wanna sell it. And we always have to be unemotional like Elon Musk in business, but you wanna sell it two years from now. And what I want you to do is I want you to go and get that report that you created, whether it's a, a, a one-pager or the complete 150-page um, uh, 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 version I showed you. I want you to look at that report, and I want you to ask yourself this. Okay, the stock is down a lot because of this new news item. Had I known about this news item two years ago when I made this report, would I still have bought the stock? And if the answer is no, then be unemotional and sell it. If, these, if the answer is yes, then buy more, okay? But just make sure it's never more than 5% of your portfolio. Okay. All right, next up I've got uh, Manas. Hey, Manas, how are you, man? Manas is from, from India. He's very inspirational. 
Uh, he's created a bunch of Udemy courses, of which I bought one. Thank you. Um, he also has a great book he published called Bonds Before Business. And I bought it as well. It's great. I have it in my prop room over here. And the way to write a book, before I get to your question, with, with my books, um, and I'll hold it this way because I don't want to promote something, uh, but with my books, they're always six inches by nine inches, okay? And I provide you all with a template to write a book. It's easy to do. Anybody can do it. Imagine doing this and then walking into an interview and then giving somebody the book or you're meeting with a, 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 a potential customer. You give them the book. It works, I promise you, because not many people do it. And if you think this is too much work, and I'll show you the template in a second, another template. If you think this is too much work, then ask yourself, and I say this, say this with love in my heart, how badly do you want that job? Or how badly do you want that customer? And so the way to write a book, and I have tons of students that have done what I'm showing you right now, and it's helped them in their careers tremendously. The way to write a book is you can go to my, my website. I don't ask for your email or anything, Kev. HaroonVentures.com or HaroonEducation.com, same thing. Slash, all lowercase, write book. See here? Then what you can do is you download this template. It's in Microsoft Word format, and there's one page of instructions, okay? And on the first page here, and I'll just open it here in Dropbox, it's easier. But on the first page here, it explains exactly how to do this. And so I tell you how to, how to send it to Amazon Kindle, how to put it on Amazon Print as well, uh, as well as uh, ACX. ACX is audible.com. And then right here, if you want, the only money you need to spend if you want to, and I don't get comp for this, of course, is to get somebody on Fiverr.com to, um, to create a cover for you. Uh, and I have this wonderful person from Bangladesh. She's great. Please use her. And here, here's the link as well. And so the, the rest of this document is just plug and play. You just type in everything in Microsoft Word. I did all the work for you here. Um, and then what you do, and you make a nice little, you mention your, your parent's name here as well, if, if you want to. Actually, it's on this page, dedication. Um, and then all you do is you, you type the whole thing, and then you right-click here, and you select Repaginate in Microsoft Word. And again, it's, it's, it's free to download, and this will make you look like a million bucks uh, as well. I promise you this works. I guarantee it, because your competition will never do something like that before they have a job interview. Yeah. My hair's getting so big, it's getting out of the camera frame now. Yeah. All right. I'm thinking about going back to my short hair. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Trying something different. All right. So um, the question is... Um, a very happy new year, you wrote. I'm going to ask, thank you. You wrote, sorry for last week. I missed the webcast. No, please, no result. I'm always here for you. Please, always, always, always. Um, and, and you don't have to buy my courses to be on this weekly call or anything. I just want to humbly help. It's fun for me. And when one teaches, to learn. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, Manas uh, wrote here, um, I, I, I was burned out. Uh, and stress with sickness. I'm so sorry to hear that. And you wrote, now I'm back with a bang. So grateful for you. Thank you. That God bless you for that. And I just got over, um, I had a crazy month in December, uh, a lot of work. It wasn't work. I loved every second of it with, with the graduation. I did an in-person graduation. Um, and I also released a bunch of courses and I ended up getting uh, shingles. Uh, and so the way you know you have shingles is because it's kind of a rash, but it's, it's so weird. It's only on one side of your body. Uh, I took medication. I'm totally fine now. Uh, but this year, I'm going to take a lot more breaks because last year, 
Last year, I worked harder than any year of my entire life. Uh, I more than doubled the number of hours of content I have on Udemy. Um, I created a bunch of new stuff for my MBA students as well. Um, and I tell myself every year, I'm not going to work as hard this year, but I keep working harder. But I do it because I absolutely love doing what I'm doing. And the way you'll find out what your passion is in life is if you get up in the morning and you tell yourself, I'm not going to work or I don't work here. I'm going to do what I love doing. And, and once you discover that, it's like lightning in a bottle. It, and it unlocks a level of happiness or euphoria you never thought you could feel. Kind of like when you hold your, your child for the first time, although holding a kid is much better than doing something you love in life career-wise. It unlocks a level of happiness you never thought you could possibly have. And my humble goal here as a teacher is to help you find whatever your passion is in life. And in my MBA program, what I do, and I think of myself as a waiter, and this is where I proposed to my wife, Christine. She said yes uh, in Paris years ago. But I think of myself like a waiter, okay? And when you go to a restaurant, there's a lot of items you can see on the menu, but you only pick one or two items to eat. And so I expose you to all careers, all different aspects of business. And the end result and my humble goal is to help you find the dish of your choice, meaning your career passion. Yeah. And if you haven't found your passion yet uh, in life, don't worry about it. For me, I had to wait until my 40s uh, until I realized that I, I want to teach. I don't want to do venture capital anymore. I don't want to work up on Wall Street. I want to help people. Because I think that if you, if you chase money, you lose your dreams and your money. But if you chase your dreams, and as long as you're willing to fail a couple times or a lot of times and not care what anybody thinks, then something wonderful happens. Your dreams come true, they always do, and that rhymed. And the money follows accidentally. It always does, I promise you, I promise you. And you only have to be right in business one time. So take lots of risks as well, please, yeah. All right. Uh, Manas wrote, um, I, I want to share a great news. Uh, your cryptocurrency course is awesome. And I'll always repeat that over and over again. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and then you wrote here. Uh, and by the way, my, my cryptocurrency course, I worked so hard on it. Like what I did was I, I took me six months to do day and night. Um, and this was before my, my webcast came out. And of course, we updated the, the course recently. But I worked day and night. And I hired this guy to proofread my stuff. And I wanted somebody that understood um, security and understood cryptocurrencies. And so I hired this guy and he was so good in helping me. He was amazing. He was so good. And this is crazy what I'm about to say. But after I published the course, I got a knock on my door from the NSA. I was kind of scared at first. And I said, would you like a coffee? And I was really nice to him because I was terrified. Not that I ever did anything wrong or got caught for it, I don't know. Uh, but he said to me, he said, well, we're, we're doing some due diligence on this person that you worked with. And it was the guy I hired to proofread my stuff for the crypto course. And he didn't say why. And I, I think what happened is the NSA eventually hired him. And so I did a lot of thorough research. I had a blast doing it. Uh, but one thing I wanna mention is that I don't want you guys to, like, Cryptocurrencies are not regulated by governments in most countries. They're regulated by the laws of mathematics. 
And as a result of no government regulation, which, which I think is kind of problematic, there should be a little bit of regulation because people are getting scammed a lot. As a result of no regulation, these cryptocurrency companies, they don't have to publish a very detailed S1 filing. And an S1, and this is from the Facebook IPO that I participated in in the summer of uh, 2012. But when a company files to go public by law, they have to write this big document called an S1. Okay, and this basically is created by lawyers and investment bankers. Bankers, sorry. Um, and what they do is they come up with all the risks um, and everything you need to, to know about the company. Don't ever invest in an IPO without reading these things cover to cover. But the problem with cryptocurrencies is that there are no documents like that. There might be a 10 or 15 page white paper. And so when I started making my cryptocurrency course, right, I, I was really bullish, meaning positive on cryptos, like seven or eight out of 10. And by the time I was finished with that comprehensive course, um, I was actually only a three out of 10 because I think that most cryptocurrencies are an absolute scam. Now there's four I hold and four I will always hold, which I publicly disclosed. Those are as follows. Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Ripple. And I'll never sell. But I need you to do detailed research. And in that cryptocurrency course, um, what I do is I actually help you create something like this, but for the cryptocurrency you're doing research on. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Manas wrote my mentor, Chris, please. Uh, I want to share great news uh, with you. Um, I got hired by one of the largest crypto. Oh, great. YouTubers. And now I'm loving my job. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. That's great. That's great. Very cool. Make sure you get it paid. I think you're in India. Get paid in Indian rupee uh, and not cryptos. Always. Yeah. Nicely done, dude. Nicely done. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Manas went on to write here, how should I negotiate the salary? Okay. Um, and by the way, when, it, when I answer questions uh, on this webcast, I try to make them generic enough to apply to everybody. And so uh, the question is, how should I negotiate the salary? Uh, and then you wrote, by the way, uh, he also has a teaching community. Should I ask him to give me access to that as well with the salary? Uh, and then you wrote, your help is always appreciated. Thanks. Yeah. So I would... Um, First of all, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I don't recommend getting paid in cryptos. Um, I, I recommend uh, getting them to, to give you a contract uh, to stimulate uh, a base salary in cash always. And when you join a big company or a startup even, if they give you the option of cash for salary and or options, meaning stock options, I always recommend very gently saying you want more cash. Okay, you don't want to say you don't want any shares because it makes you look like you're not committed to the company and you don't believe the business model. But I say more cash, and the reason is because uh, in the unlikely event that a startup in general does extraordinarily well, they're going to give you more shares anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you want, because it, it sounds like it might be a, a startup or crypto-based startup, um, you could have a base salary, but you could also ask for incentives. And so you mentioned here that this person is also teaching a cryptocurrency course. And so what you can do is you can tell this person, um, every one of these uh, courses I help sell for you, um, can I please have a commission? And they'll say yes as well, right? So that's what I do with my staff as well. I have uh, one of my employees in particular, uh, every new course I make, I give them 20%, yeah. Okay. 
Um, and then next up, Manas wrote, I have a question for you. Uh, why do Americans use more iPhones than, than Indians? Is it because the iPhone is safe uh, and, and secure uh, more than Android? Um, this question has irritated me a lot. Yeah, I, know, I noticed that too, actually. Uh, more than 50% of people that watch uh, my, my videos uh, on mobile devices uh, use Android. Um, also, I know this for a fact because I have 11% of all my viewers are from India. So I track all this data closely. Yeah, I'm not really sure, actually. I, I don't know why that's that's the case. Yeah. Uh, now, I have friends that that have Android phones um, and they do it because they're they're super technical and because they can customize it a lot more. You know, and hardcore techies, you know, love to use Linux uh, or, or Windows and, and not Mac, for example, because you can customize it a lot more. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. And if anybody else has thinks they know the reason, please type it here for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Manas, with your question on staking cryptos, no, I have not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Manas wrote, uh, tell me something, please. How on earth did you create such an outstanding job uh, in LinkedIn course? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and then you wrote, uh, it, it gave me my job, my first job, and, and, and also my first job as a, as a crypto trader. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, I've, um, when I worked in big companies over the years, um, and I had my annual re review, uh, I humbly always beat, meet, or met, beat quote I did well. But my manager would always say to me, and it was difficult for my managers to say what I'm about to say. They would say, Chris, you're doing a great job. However, is there a way you can spend a little bit less time helping people in different departments? And my answer was always, um, no, I, I, I I love to help people. Uh, and so um, when I worked at Goldman Sachs, for example, um, I did a lot of interviewing of candidates there. And in my career, I've interviewed more than a thousand people. Okay, that's one person per week for 20 years on average. And so I just love helping people. Um, I love turning your weaknesses into strengths. And if anybody has a weakness they wanna list here uh, in terms of why you might think you might not get a job, um, like you got arrested when you're younger or something for something that I could have gotten caught for, right? Whatever that weakness is, let me know here and I will pretend that that's my weakness because it probably is. And I'll teach you live here how to turn that weakness into a strength. Yeah. But thank you for the feedback, Manasi. You, you touched my heart, brother. Thank you. Next up, Andre, who's in my, my MBA program. How are you? Andre wrote, good morning, Chris and everyone. I'm ecstatic about the 2022 MBA program. I just upgraded to platinum. Awesome. Great to have you. Great to have you. Thank you. Uh, and then you wrote, uh, can you give the schedule for the weekly meeting and classes? Uh, greatly appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, you should have received an email from me um, on January 4th uh, from support at haroonventures.com. If you scroll through that, I give you password access to access the stuff on my website uh, as well. And if, if anybody is, uh, is, is interested in the MBA program, we, we are sold out. Um, we have uh, I think close to 200 students, our biggest class ever. It's our third year of doing it. Uh, but but if you're interested in next year, um, you can go to my, my website, uh, which is Haroon Education Ventures or Haroon Ventures, same thing. Um, and then what you can do is just read up here on the programs. Yeah. Um, now, because I have a 30-day money-back guarantee, some people might drop out. Um, I have a 1% money-back uh, ratio in all my courses in my MBA program. So if you want to be on the waiting list, um, you can email admissions at haroonventures.com. 
Uh, and if somebody drops out, meaning they ask for their money back, and I have a 30-day, 100% money-back guarantee, um, then um, I'll reply. It's first come, first serve, though. Yeah. Uh, or people that are watching, you can enroll today uh, in silver. Yeah. Whoops. There we go. All right. And Andre, if you can't find that email, uh, just email support at haroonventures.com and I'll personally take care of it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, Manas wrote, um, why is Robinhood getting into cryptos with zero service fees? Uh, how will they make money if they charge zero service fees? Yeah. So if they get into, I, I saw the news release this morning as well. We're not, we're not sure they're going to go all in yet. Um, but if they do it, um, so the way that Robinhood makes money is similar to how investment banking trading floors make money with their hedge fund clients. So very large uh, hedge funds, uh, what they or very large um, uh, investment banks like Goldman Sachs, where I used to work, um, what they'll do is they will service hedge funds, uh, meaning they'll, they'll allow them to borrow shares to short or buy shares as well. And part of the money they make is by lending out those shares to other people. And I explain this in a lot of detail in my options course, which you guys can check out if you want. If you're in my MBA program, I have a, a long version of it in the fourth semester in class FA44, that's finance and accounting, semester four, class four. So they make money by lending those shares. Uh, and so Robinhood and all these places that have 0% commissions, they can make money a couple of different ways. Number one, they make money based on, on the cash balance that you have in your account. They'll get interest on that, which is not much these days because interest is basically zero. And they'll also make money by lending your shares to other people. Yeah. And when you sign up for Robinhood or any brokerage service, we, we don't read the entire legal documentation, but somewhere in there it says that you will let Robinhood or whatever firm you trade through uh, share your shares uh, with, with other investors. Yeah. And sometimes it's a loss leader too. Like sometimes companies will have sales uh, just to get you into their stores and they'll lose money on that, but they'll make a fortune on other stuff. All right, kind of like uh, Costco with, with hot dogs and pizza and Coke. All right, uh, uh, next up, Casper uh, uh, wrote, hey, Chris, um, how do you promote a new company with a limited budget for marketing? Yeah, so what I recommend doing is leveraging YouTube a lot, okay? And YouTube is the only gold rush in history where it costs you nothing to make the product. And YouTube is the only gold rush in history um, where you can get access to a gazillion consumers for next to nothing. And it's a gold rush. And, and I think we're all going to look back a decade from now and say, I wish I had created more YouTube content. And each little video I make, and many people make, are li like little coffee shop franchises. They make money over time and it all adds up. It certainly does. So I would leverage YouTube as well as LinkedIn and other social media platforms and opine about the sector you're passionate about, meaning give your opinion. And if you think like a thought leader, like the Rodin sculpture, I think therefore I am, uh, eventually you become one. Um, it, but it's, it's, it's lonely though at first when you're doing this. And so what I recommend doing is, is committing to maybe one LinkedIn article a week or one vlog per week, etc. And what you can also do, and I teach this in the first semester of my MBA program, is you can aggressively network and find people that work in the media. And when you sit down with them, you help them, first of all, find a great story. Maybe you did some research for them so they can get a, a Pulitzer Prize. 
And then what you do is um, if you help them enough um, or if your business model is interesting enough, what happens is they write about your business and then you'll see a spike in, in revenue. Now, you got to do this a couple of times because one data point doesn't make a trend. But if you get a bunch of journalists to write about you and you see a bunch of spikes, then investors might get interested and it becomes uh, self-fulfilling to the extent that you'll be able to raise money. Yeah. And all that I just mentioned uh, was free. You don't have to pay for any of that advertising. And you can also write, write a book like, like I've done before as well. Yeah. And you can go to haroonventures.com slash write book for more details. Yeah. Last thing I want to say is that I, I, I want your I want your marketing pitch to be a little bit controversial too. Um, because if you're controversial, but tasteful and classy, then what happens is you become interesting and the media writes about you. And I'll give you examples of controversy. So Mark Benioff, who is a, a wonderful humanitarian, I've met him a bunch of times before, and he's the founder of Salesforce.com. Uh, what he did when he launched Salesforce in 1999 and in the early 2000s, what he did was he went on all the talk shows, the Kramer, Jim Cramer show, Mad Money, uh, he did tons of interviews, et cetera. And what he did uh, was he talked about how cloud computing is the future and traditional client server software is dead. In fact, his logo at the time at Salesforce was the word software with a line through it. And so that was controversial and interesting at the same time. Richard Branson did the same thing as well uh, when he launched uh, Virgin Cola. Um, which didn't go anywhere, but his marketing was brilliant. What he did was he, uh, in the 1980s, and you can Google this if you want to, there's wonderful pictures of it. In the 1980s, what he did was he rented a tank and he put virgin cola all over his tank. And he was declaring war on, on Coca-Cola, which is pretty cool, pretty cool. It was very controversial. Obviously, you can't do that these days in New York when you rent a tank. But if you're very controversial, then you become interesting. And if you're interesting then you sell newspapers or ads on websites these days, et cetera, and people will write about you, yeah. All right. Uh, next question is, uh, what kind of software do you use for email marketing and how do you manage to not end up uh, your mails uh, in spam? Yeah, so we use ActiveCampaign. But I recommend if you're just getting started to use MailChimp, go to MailChimp.com uh, and you can use their entry level product for free. Um, and then once you grow to more than a couple thousand subscribers, uh, I recommend using ActiveCampaign. And ActiveCampaign is targeted as well. All the emails you guys get from me uh, comes from ActiveCampaign. Um, I automate them. For example, yesterday um, I sent out uh, the, the weekly reminder for this call. And then this morning I sent out the reminder email and I actually, the email this morning, I, I set it up to, to be sent yesterday. So ahead of time. So active campaign is great. And email is still the gold standard. I know it sounds old school, but it is the gold standard. Um, and you want to try to collect as many email addresses as you can. And what I've done before uh, on my website, and I took it down, but I'll probably put it back up soon, is many of you on this call, you know of me because I had um, a free networking book. And when you register for the networking book, I got your email address. So you got to provide a carrot, right? A reason, right? A call to action for people to give you uh, your email address. So give and you'll receive. It's prophetic. It's been true since the beginning of time. Yeah. In terms of not getting into spam filters, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Active Campaign helps me with this. 
um, if I ever mention 30-day money-back guarantee uh, in the email, uh, Active Campaign flags it and says, careful, if you send this out, it's going to go to the spam box for a lot of people. And so I'll throw, throw an image of one of my programs with 30 days money-back guarantee on the image. Another way to make sure that you don't go to spam is you got to have a high open rate, like 30% or more, which, which I do, which has been great. Uh, and there are people that I don't email anymore because they, they never open emails. And I do that because if you send out a lot of emails that people don't open, then the, go uh, the Google uh, search engine will basically, and Google's uh, 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 infrastructure, will make sure that that email goes directly to junk. Yeah. All right. And so for the, the number of people I'm emailing for this weekly call, um, it's about 70% less, I think something like that, uh, than it was a year or two ago. Yeah. I made every mistake. Yeah. And you always have to have an unsubscribe as well. Always, always, always. And we had a bit of a hiccup with Active Campaign, our system, where two people in the month of December un unsubscribed and they still got emails. And I'm very apologetic about that. I sent an email apologizing to everybody on my email list last week about that issue. It won't happen again. Yeah. But what you can do to get off lists is every week, go to your Gmail account or whatever email service you use and do a search on the word unsubscribe. And then open all those emails and unsubscribe if you want to. And with my emails, you can always go to the bottom. It says unsubscribe or reply to it and say unsubscribe. And I'll personally make sure you take it off. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, ne next up, uh, Manas wrote, um, what is your favorite crypto exchange and why? I hate Coinbase as it literally rejects small market cap coins. Your thoughts on that? I actually, I, I like Coinbase um, and, and I use it a lot. Yeah. But Coinbase is for me a, 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 a hot wallet, right? And basically what that means is hot wallets, there's hot wallets and cold wallets with cryptos. Hot wallets means um, wallets that you use on the internet, right? Meaning anything you need, you need electricity to power. Uh, and they're more vulnerable. Uh, to, to hacks. Cold wallets are devices like the Ledger Nano or the Trezor, um, which my Bulgarian student told me Trezor means vault in Bulgarian. But uh, the Ledger Nano, for example, is a cold uh, storage uh, wallet in the Trezor too. And I like those better because they're not plugged into the internet all the time and they're more secure. And so the best way to think about it is a cold storage wallet, for example, um, is it's like your savings account. And your checkings account is your hot wallet. But I like Coinbase. Uh, I like their exchange as well. Uh, I, I believe in it. Uh, I know the company quite well. I met, met with Fred Ursum in my office back in 2012, 2013. Uh, he was the founder. He's no longer at the company. And we overlapped, I think, at, at Goldman years ago. Yeah. yeah. But I feel comfortable with them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, now, I got a warning here from, from YouTube uh, that somebody pasted a link in the chat. For some crazy reason, YouTube won't let you do that. So sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, I've got uh, Caroline. Hey, Caroline. Um, uh, let me know if you're Caroline or Carolyn, please. Thank you. Um, uh, so uh, Carolyn wrote, hi, Chris, uh, from Ontario, Canada. How are you? You're from Ontario. That's where I'm from. Too. I'm a 905er. I, I, I grew up in Mississauga. Yeah. That's the area code, 905. Yeah. You're probably 416, though, which is a cooler area code. 
Um, you wrote, um, I always look forward to Thursday's webcast. Uh, thank you for your generosity with sharing your knowledge and tips. So valuable. Thank you. And I look forward to it as well. This, this is fun for me. Thank you. Okay, next up, Marios wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, this is Marios. Hey, man. Uh, I just finished the course, an entire MBA in one course. Uh, very good course. Thank you. Thank you for taking it. And then you wrote, thank you so much for providing us uh, all this knowledge and, and keep going uh, with a great job. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. All right, all right, all right. Next up, we got Daniel. Daniel wrote here, uh, good morning, Chris. Good morning to you too as well. Uh, I'm, I've, um, you wrote, having updated my IBAC PowerPoint presentation per your suggestions, may I ask you, uh, do you have any contacts at Sequoia Capital uh, that you can assist me with uh, an introduction? Thanks. Yeah, so I have a policy. I don't introduce students uh, to, to my network. Um, I can humbly help you. And, and my goal is always to teach you how to fish instead of providing you with a fish. But I want to show you one of my wonderful platinum students that graduated in 2000 uh, that got a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Sequoia with his startup, right? His name is Akil. He's wonderful. Akil, if you're on the line, I love you. Akil is based in India. Uh, but what you can do is you can go to his LinkedIn profile. Oops. Go to his LinkedIn profile to see why he got that one-on-one. -on -one. So here he is here. Yeah. So he's got a great uh, uh, LinkedIn profile. He's based in um, uh, Hyderabad, where a lot of uh, tech companies are based, um, including Cohesity, a company I used to uh, be on the board of years ago. Uh, they have offices there. But you can check out his um, his uh, his his LinkedIn profile and maybe just reach out to him and ask him, how did you get that that one on one meeting with, with Sequoia? Yeah. My dad taught me years ago, only take advice from successful people. So we can all take advice from Akil because he's been successful in reaching Sequoia. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Majed wrote, hey, Chris, I hope everything is fine with you. It is. And I hope you're well as well. Uh, and I have a, a number of students that actually have, have COVID. Um, my thoughts and prayers are always with my students uh, that, that have COVID. And my son, Andrew, uh, th this dude here, he's in high school now, but I think it's 13% of his class has COVID now, um, which it's brutal. I just want to, I can't wait to get get on with life. You know, it's, I started going to the gym again, like a real gym. Um, and of course I wear a mask, but it's so good to get out. So good to get out. Yeah. All right. Um, and then you wrote here, I'm curious if you could explain the differences between global payment processing companies uh, like PayPal uh, and Visa, MasterCard, and Square. Yeah, well, they're, they're starting to morph uh, into, into a similar entity. Um, but I, I think the, probably the best way to explain it is, is PayPal and Square uh, is, is mainly for smaller purchases, um, like point of sale when, when, when you swipe a, a card with a little square holder. Um, um, or, or do an electronic, uh, a wireless purchase when you're in a, in a store. Um, they have it that way as well. Whereas uh, Visa and MasterCard, uh, they're more traditional, right? The old school business model of getting cards. And, and I despise um, the oligoloptic nature of the credit card market because they have too much market power. I mean, paying 20% late fee is, is ridiculous and, and really unfair. And it gets worse when it comes to uh, American Express. Um, that's why if you ever go to a, a small store, try to pay cash. And if you have to use credit card, if you have an Amex, don't use that because the, the vendor actually get, it gets screwed with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm bullish on cryptocurrencies longer term because uh, with cryptos, there really aren't that, there's not much in terms of transaction fees. And so if you're a retailer and you compete with Amazon, which is almost impossible, 
um, if you compete with Amazon and your profit margins are only two, three or 4%, and if you accept a credit card, then your profit margins might be zero or negative even. Yeah, it's hard. So if you accept cryptocurrencies in the long run, there are no fees or hardly any fees. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Keith. Hey, Keith, how are you? Uh, Keith wrote, hey, Chris, Keith here. Uh, and you wrote a Vancouverite living uh, in BCN. Excellent. Great to see you. And you mentioned here you're, you're a gold member in my 2022 MBA class. Awesome. Thank you. You wrote, I'm a freelance IT project uh, management consultant, and I want to scale to owning my own consulting company. Any tips? Yeah. So in, in North America, uh, there are more than 100,000 consulting firms. Right? When we think consulting, we think of Accenture, McKinsey, et cetera. But if you register yourself as a consulting firm, um, the best way to get customers is to just be very active on social media. So again, people think of you as a thought leader. Uh, and if you write enough on social media, like LinkedIn, YouTube posts, whatever, eventually journalists approach you and you become known as a thought leader and you can publish pieces on the internet as well and get them mentioned uh, in, in, um, uh, in, in, uh, in, in newspapers as well if you want to. And a great example of this is McKinsey and Gartner and Forrester, you know, three great research companies. Uh, the latter two are tech focused. And what they do is they release reports for free to people out there in the internet, right? Or parts of reports. And so they're, they're kind of using the thought leadership uh, business model the Rodan Sculpture, I think therefore I am, to get their stuff out there. And so I recommend publishing a lot of stuff on whatever consulting sector you're in, uh, especially on LinkedIn. And eventually, as with Field of Dreams, the movie, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but but in consulting, it's, it's all about relationships. Like a partner in a consulting firm or a law firm or an investment bank, that's basically a salesperson. Right? The way to make it to the top is be good at your job and then be able to sell. Because CEOs are great salespeople and so are entrepreneurs as well. And for more details on how to sell, um, what you can do is just go to my, uh, my YouTube page. And I did a, a, a three-hour call in December on how to sell anything, uh, which, which was fun. You can check that out. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next up, Ali. Hey, Ali. Ali wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Since I discovered you late last year, I've been watching your old weekly webcasts from the very first one. I'm now on week 39. I never get tired of listening to your wisdom. I love you, sir. Thank you. I, I love you more. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Once you get to weekly uh, number 50, you'll get to see my little sister, Elizabeth. I got I to gotta show. She's the best, man. Yeah, I got to show you just really quickly here. So the way to access, and I, I now have, a, and I'll show you a podcast, okay? So I just, um, I think I've had it for over a year. But if you go to Aboot Chris in the top right-hand corner, that's how we say it in Canada, uh, you go to podcasts, you'll be able to access my, my podcast here as well. And I guess we've been doing it for, for a while, yeah. Um, but for my weeklies, you can always go here uh, to uh, weekly webcast. Do I have it here? Oh, here it is down at the bottom, yeah, yeah. Weekly webcasts. And you can look through these here. And if you go to week uh, number 50, I've got my little sister, Yaba. I love her so much. Um, let's see here, num number 50. 47. Oh, here we go. That's that's when I went to the Paul McCartney concert. Um, here, uh, here it is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did this one from Toronto. This one I did it from uh, Barcelona. But this is my, my little sister. Um, now, if, if I was a girl, I would look I would look just like her. I did it from Toronto that week. So let me at least see if I can find her in here. It was fun. Here she is. Elizabeth. 
but you know, you know, negative events, they're not funny. Either. Yeah. So this is, this is her. She, she's great. That's, that's, if I was a woman, I would look like Elizabeth here. I, I love you. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and ne next up, um, uh, 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 Thamer wrote, how, uh, how long is each podcast? If you're referring to me or, or Ali, I know you mentioned Ali as well. Um, so these calls are usually about three hours. Uh, this, this webcast, my podcasts are about the same length as well. Yeah. A little bit shorter. All right. Next up, Donzel wrote, Hey, Chris and Donzel's in my, my MBA program, uh, gold. I think you're a gold student this year. Yeah. Who wrote, Hey, Chris and all great students. Thanks for your time, wisdom, and teachings. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And you'll find it in my program, my MBA program, you'll learn more from other fellow students all over the world. We just passed the 1,000 student milestone. We have people in almost every country. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Neha, who's also my goal program. How are you? From, from India, I think, right? Uh, you wrote, hi, Chris. Uh, Neha here. Uh, I'm trying to sell a well-developed product X uh, online. No success yet. Can you please enlighten us all? A little bit on digital marketing. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So we cover that uh, in the MBA program in the third semester, right? So it's uh, sales, marketing, communications. And if you go through the uh, if you go through the curriculum, um, do a search uh, for HEV15, which is the Haroon Education Ventures 15 Ways to Sell and Sell Online. All right. Uh, and then uh, uh, Tanmaya wrote, uh, thanks for talking about Bollywood movie Three Idiots. You're most welcome. And again, if anybody here hasn't seen it yet, please turn me off and just go watch it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. It's, it's brilliant. I loved every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise ending too. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm starting to watch, uh, uh, I'm watching Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. It's great actually. And, and I did a search last night to, to watch the next episode. And I found this show called Yellow Jackets. And I watched the first episode of it. it. That is a messed up show. Yeah. My favorite show is Succession. I love that show. Yeah. And I think it might be a play on, on Rupert Murdoch's family. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Christina wrote, oh, Christina, how are you? Christina is the uh, president of the Haroon Education Ventures uh, Alumni Network. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, great to see you, Christina. And Christina and her husband uh, did the Platinum Program uh, last year as well. Uh, so Christina wrote, oh, that's my wife looking for her phone, but this is my phone, Christine. Yeah. Okay. My wife's name is Christine. So Christina wrote, uh, a good morning, Professor Chris and our amazing, uh, weekly webcast, uh, and MBA family. Hope you're having an outstanding week so far. Thank you. And I hope you are as well. And I always love your positive attitude. Carpe diem. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then, uh, Christina wrote, uh, cheers, Chris. I'm at 10 a.m. Um, Waterline and only 400 steps. Uh, what about you? Yeah. So I'm at, um, and, and we have this challenge in, in my MBA program. Uh, we, we talk about this. I'm at uh, 9:30. I got to finish the whole thing. Gives me a lot of energy in terms of my my, my steps. Here we go. Uh, um, my steps, not much today. It's 145, 150 steps. I just walked it into the studio. Those are my lights there. Yeah. But I'll get to my 20,000 later today. Yeah. Uh, and then Christina wrote, exciting first week of your new MBA degree program class of 2022 cohort. I love it. I love it. Especially, I, I loved how 100 people immediately signed up for Slack and you guys are all active. It's, it's awesome. We, we have a great class this year. Every year is a great class and I'm, I'm proud to have you as part of it. Thank you. Uh, and then Christina wrote, uh, Chris, I, I like your current hairstyle. Oh, cool. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm torn. It's a bit shorter. I went to get it uh, done. I go to a place called Dee Dee's here in Burlingame, uh, where, where I live, uh, and they're fantastic. But for like 20 years, I had these little shears, and I just cut my own hair for, for ages. I'm trying something different, though. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Tamer wrote, uh, Chris, I appreciate the knowledge uh, that you're, you're sharing with us. Thank you. You wrote, I bought a course from Udemy. Uh, you teach about how to make a business plan, and I'm almost finishing it. Awesome. Awesome. That's excellent. It's great, great to hear. Now, the measure of a great business plan and the go, no-go decision, should you do it or not, is if you finish the business plan. Right? So never start a company without creating an entire business plan because it's the most stressful thing you'll do in your life. If you start a company that's not going to make it, you know, it can hurt your, your, your personal life, your health, etc. cetera. Uh, and so, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. So thanks for being a part of that. Now, in my MBA program, um, I've got a prop I got to grab here. In my MBA program, in the third semester, in the entrepreneurship track, um, I have a venture capital boot camp. Um, and, and I've been involved with venture capital for years. I've invested in a lot of startups, uh, including Facebook pre-IPO, um, and I've trained a lot of people when I worked in venture capital on how to start companies. And I've been on lots of boards, so I, I use all of my humble experience to teach, uh, and not I don't use practical. Uh, I, don't, I don't use a, a theory. Yeah. All right. A little bit tired today, but I'll be okay. Yeah. Mm. And it was about about a year ago. It was about a year ago that I got complaints. Uh, from a couple students. Now, one data point doesn't make a trend, but a couple do, that I sounded tired. And at that point, I, I had a, remember my old setup? I had a, 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 I had a chair I was sitting on. Um, and so I decided, well, I got to, that's bad feedback and, and I've got to adapt. And so what I do is I got rid of my chair. I've not had a chair in my office for the past year. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Anarag wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, happy new year 2022 to you and your family. Thank you. Same to you. How was your vacation? How did you spend it? Yeah, thank you. So we went down to uh, Orange County, uh, Southern California, and just hung out there. Um, it's pretty mellow. I went to a James Bond museum. I got to see all the James Bond cars from all the movies. Uh, it's, it's close to LAX, Los Angeles airport. It was fun. It was good to get away. Good to get away. Yeah, it rained a lot, but it didn't matter. It's just good to be with Christine and the boys. Okay. Um, next question is from Harsh. Hey, Harsh, how are you? How can I learn trading? Yeah. So I would, I'd be really careful with that. So uh, each month has uh, 20 days that the market's open. And it's almost impossible to make money every month as a trader because what happens is stocks move up and down for things outside of your control. Like maybe Dr. Fauci will say something or there's saber rattling between Beijing and, and DC or, or Riyadh and Moscow with, with respect to the price of oil. Or maybe a company in the sector you, you've invested in a company, a, a similar company released earnings and they missed. So the stock goes down a bunch. You can't make money on a near-term basis. There's a great book I recommend uh, by uh, Taleb uh, called uh, Fooled by Randomness. And if you do make money in the near term, the worst thing that can happen actually is if you make money right away when you start trading because you'll do more. It's like going to a casino for the first time, putting a quarter in a slot machine and making a hundred grand. You're like, oh my God, this is repeatable. It's not, it's not. Always be long-term focused, please. But I do teach technical analysis uh, in my MBA degree program uh, when we talk about uh, options, uh, basic investing and more advanced investing as well. Yeah. 
Okay, next up, the Berlin, who's in my this year's uh, gold and platinum class, uh, wrote, uh, Chris, uh, part one, if you have two interests in life, one is uh, you're great at, one you're great at, and the other you're not. But the one that you're great at, uh, you choose not to proceed with over health concerns. And the other one that you're not great at calls your attention, but your time is limited and, and feels like skipping a rock in a lake how do you approach yourself or sell it? Yeah, yeah, great question. So I would say the one you're most passionate about, you know, when, when you're searching for your purpose on, on this earth career-wise, um, whatever gets you out of bed, whatever you, you, you love most, um, and even if you're not great at it, I mean, you could, you could work hard and become amazing at it. Uh, and if you want in the MBA program, you, you can disclose more, more details only if you want those two paths and, and I'll humbly try to help you. Now, when you hit a fork in the road, you're not sure which way to go. What I recommend doing, um, and you can go to my YouTube channel, do a search on um, how to make difficult decisions. What I recommend doing is don't go with your gut only because that's qualitative in nature. I want you to open up Excel and I want you to create two columns, job A, job B. And I want you to have a bunch of rows asking different questions like how much money will I make do I enjoy this more? Is my lifestyle better this way? Well, yada, yada. And rank it out of 10, each of those two jobs, okay? And then do a, a summary at the bottom, a sum function in Excel. And whatever number is higher, go with that. Okay, um, uh, uh, next up, uh, Tamer wrote, um, a startup company's new idea. Uh, I'm, I'm not risking all my money in it, I dedicate 30% of my assets. Yeah, that's a lot too. Um, so when you're starting a company, first of all, never get a loan because banks are chicken. And if you miss one payment, they'll ask for everything back. And make sure you register your, your, your company. Talk to a lawyer as well. Go to LegalZoom.com or the LegalZoom.com equivalent in your country. And make, make sure um, that, um, um, make sure you're protected so that if your company doesn't do well, the bank or whoever you got money from can't come after your assets. But I recommend actually getting high net worth investors to invest in your company. Um, and the reason I say that as opposed to venture capital initially is because a sales cycle with a high net worth investor is quite short, right? When it comes to a venture capital firm, it's very bureaucratic. It can take ages. It can take ages, yeah. And I teach how to network on steroids in my MBA degree program, particularly in the first semester in the personal growth track. Yeah, um, I always recommend using OPM, not the not the drug, but OPM means uh, other people's money. Yeah, and I've humbly raised and managed over a billion dollars in my career. Uh, I've made plenty of mistakes, but I promise you, the way I tell you how to raise money in my MBA program classes, whatever, it works. It works. Okay. Just don't ask friends for money because I promise you it's going to tarnish your relationship with them. Yeah. And if a friend ever asked you or anybody in this call to invest in their company, um, the first thing I want you to do is think to yourself, why am I so lucky to be given this opportunity? And the harsh reality, and I say this with love in my heart, is they probably can't raise money from anyone else. So just be careful. All right. Um, all right. Next, next up, Thamer uh, uh, wrote, um, and let me know if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, please. I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, but you wrote, how do I get into a community where I find investors? Yeah. 
Um, so have an amazing LinkedIn profile first, which I teach in my, my MBA program. And you can check out the Silver MBA program to start today on demand. Just go to haroonventures.com. But I recommend aggressively networking after you set up an amazing LinkedIn profile uh, by, by doing informational meetings. I promise you it works. I promise you. Now, when I used to teach in universities during the evening, um, I had this one class at San Francisco State, and I love those students to death. They're amazing. But what I used to do was on the very first day of class, and the dean was amazing. He said, Chris, teach whatever you want. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, it was like I had, I had a blank palette. Um, but what I would do is always in the first day of class, I would ask all 70 students. I would say, during this course over the next 10 weeks, if I told you that you will get the job of your dreams if you set up 10 informational meetings, would you do it? And it's like the wave. Every hand went up. And on the last day of class, I would always ask, okay, how many did 10 meetings? No hands. How many did nine? Usually no hands. How many did eight? A couple of hands go up. And those people that put their hands up were never the ones to get the top grade, but those are the ones that always got their dream job. And so the bottom line message here is you have to aggressively network uh, in order to get anything you want in life. You have to ask. Asking you'll receive is prophetic and it's been true since the beginning of time. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, Anna Rag wrote, Hey, Chris, are you aware of insider trading case invo involving Rajat Gupta, the ex-CEO of McKinsey & Company? I am. Yeah. And hedge fund manager Raj Rajratman. Uh, Gupta was has always claimed not to be guilty, uh, but he was victimized. Yeah, I know a lot about that. Yeah. Um, so um, it was probably the, the biggest insider trading bust in history. Um, and so what happened was there's this guy named Raj Rajratman, um, and he went to jail for 10 years. And, and I met him. I remember I had dinner with him once in, in Miami at a Deutsche Bank conference. Um, kind of a shady guy. And so he ran this firm called Galleon, big hedge fund on the Upper West Side, kind of in, in New York City. Um, and what happened was he would get all of his employees to try to understand how each quarter is going for publicly traded companies by giving bags of money to executives, et cetera. It's disgusting. Um, and so, um, and I had friends that worked there and it, it was brutal for them. It was awful. And, and my buddies that worked there for the most part did not compromise uh, their, their ethics. But eventually the FBI listened to a lot of the calls. And one of the calls was with Raj Raj Rahman, the founder of Galleon, uh, is with Gupta, who is the CEO of McKinsey at the time. And so the, the CEO of McKinsey, what he would do is he would be in a board meeting for a couple of companies. This is publicly disclosed. And he'd go to a phone and he would tell Raj Raj Rotman how that company is doing. That's insider information. It's illegal. Now, why did McKinsey not get in trouble? I don't know exactly. It's tough. Like McKinsey gets a hall pass for it is what it is. Um, like with Enron, uh, McKinsey was the one that was advising them on all of their incredible e-trading strategies in the energy market before Enron went belly up. And it was Arthur Anderson that was shut down by the government uh, after that, not McKinsey. McKinsey gets a whole pass for some reason. I read a book a book years ago on consulting called Dangerous Company. You can read that as well if you want to understand what happens uh, from an ethical perspective with, with McKinsey, et cetera. Yeah. But I have uh, actually a guy I was in the, the Goldman Sachs training program with uh, named uh, Gotham Shankar. Um, he was on the other line on one of those FBI wiretap calls. And 
he was at a hedge fund and this is all publicly disclosed. And he basically, he told me what happened. He said that somebody from Galleon called and he was, he was working as a trader at a hedge fund and he had four monitors and he was eating his lunch. And this person from Galleon told him some insider information and he didn't remember this, but apparently while he was looking at monitors, he called somebody else and maybe mentioned that. Uh, and so what, what happened with, with Gotham was um, uh, the, the, the government uh, arrested him. Um, and then he, he called me and he said, Chris, I need your help. And it was, of course I'll help. I, I love helping people that need help. Yeah. Uh, I run towards my friends that when things are bad, not away from them. I've even visited a bunch of friends in, in jail um, uh, because of insider trading. Uh, and so Gotham said, can you write a letter to the judge for me, please? And so I did that and it went in the open domain. And so if you search for my name in Gotham Shankar, you'll see that I proudly defended him. Yeah. And he got off with just six months house, house arrest, right? Who had to stay, stay home for six months. And I think he was playing uh, GTA Vice City or something at the time. So he, it wasn't that bad for him. It was, it was fun playing bits. But he got to be with, with, with his family, which was great. Yeah. Now, when, when you get arrested, um, <laughs> I'll show you one thing Gotham told me. And I'm an open book, as, as you all know. That's my little sister. Yeah, but I love you. Okay. But what happens is you're not supposed to look at the camera. Okay, when you're going to court because it shows arrogance. And so he, he told me all this stuff too. So Gotham Shankar, I miss this guy. Great guy, good friend of mine. Proud to be a friend of him. Yeah, so right here, you'll, you'll see a picture here, okay? Um, and, and in this picture, um, you can see he's looking down and you're and it's his lawyer. Yeah, you're, you're, he's looking down and you're supposed to look down. Otherwise you challenge the media. Uh, and uh, I think they caught him looking at the camera once. Yeah, right here. And this is Getty Images, yeah. But he was really focused on, on looking down as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, I'm gonna proudly search for my name here. And I'll show you the article. It hit Bloomberg too, I remember 2012. Uh, and then people said to me, Chris, are you okay? Are, are, are you in trouble? Um, I, I saw on, on Bloomberg, your name was there. Uh, and so, yeah, I was interviewed. Um, it was in the open domain. And I, I, um, I, I I, I said great things about him. 2012, that's right. Here it was, yes. You, you can search for that. I proudly, proudly um, um, stood up for my friend. Okay. And I think there's far too many people that are unfairly incarcerated uh, in the United States. Um, and God bless you, Kim Kardashian, for what you do. So Kim, as many of you know, went, went back to school to get a law degree uh, to work on prison reform. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, Naveed wrote, hey Chris, if your courses on Udemy get updated same time as your own platform, is there any difference? No, always the same, always the same, yeah, yeah. All right, um, and I'll, I'll show you if you're curious. So, so with my courses, um, actually I don't wanna sell anything to it. Just go to learn.haroonventures.com uh, or go to Udemy and search for my name, yeah, okay. All right, next up, uh, Ellison wrote, uh, hey, Chris, hey. I recently bought some of your Udemy courses and I absolutely love it. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, the content is awesome and I enjoy the, the jokes uh, and your, your, your sympathy. Uh, I wish I would have known about you before. Thank you, I appreciate that. Thank you, and I'm so sorry. That's how we say it in Canada, sorry. Uh, about all my awful dad humor. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. And I, and I am repetitive with my jokes sometimes. I've always been, yeah. And always laugh at me, not with me, please. Yeah. But I, I have fun when I'm teaching, always. 
Otherwise, I wouldn't do these weekly calls. Uh, and then Ellison wrote, thank you for your work. You're, you're most welcome. Thank you for, for being a customer as well. Yeah. As a teacher, I treat the student like a customer. Imagine that. All right. Uh, next question is from uh, Diprinjan, who wrote, uh, do you provide a BBA course? Uh, if that means like kind of undergraduate level of business, I, I do not. I do not know. Uh, Kishev wrote, anybody from the MBA program here? I'm sure a lot of people will answer yes. All right. All right. Give me one second, guys, here. Now, when you guys ask me questions, when you guys uh, ask questions, do at Chris first, please, at the beginning, uh, just so I know that um, it's directed towards me. But talk to each other as well. I, I love a sense of community. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Paul wrote, Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, Paul from Barcelona here. Oh, great. I, lots of people from Barcelona here today. I love it. You wrote, I, I'm wishing you the best for 2022. Um, question for you. What do you think about NFTs and virtual uh, real estate? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am bullish, uh, but with all, like with all new markets and land grabs, um, there's a lot of crap out there because all ships rise, so to speak. Um, so I would make sure you put a very small percent of your net worth uh, in NFTs. Now, with cryptos, I usually say no more than 1% or so of your liquid net worth in any one crypto. Uh, with NFTs, I would say probably 0.25%. I'd be careful. There's a lot of crap out there. Yeah. Just be careful. In terms of virtual real estate, I think it's going to be a, a, a big market. And Airbnb is getting into it as well. And I know it sounds bizarre, but hear me out. Um, so I had Todd Martin, uh, one of my platinum MBA graduates from last year, um, who he he started, by the way, CNBC's first studio. He's great. Uh, but he did a webcast with me and you can go back and watch it from a month ago. Uh, and he was explaining how Airbnb owns virtual property now. Companies like Airbnb do as well. And they rent it out. And you might think to yourself, it doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Uh, hold on, I got to sneeze. Hold on. Why would I? Uh, why would I invest in, in virtual real estate? Why would I rent virtual real estate? What, what is that? You know, uh, and and he basically said that um, if you create this VR world, and he showed me a demo of it, and you can go back and watch the replay, the webcast to see Todd's demo from a Web 3.0 perspective. But if you create a virtual conference building or a, a virtual office, um, it's it's 3D based and maybe has a nice view of of Central Park. What you can do is you can rent that out when people have virtual conferences. So you can walk around and go into different rooms, you know, uh, because in the future, what's going to happen is um, a lot of people are going to be doing calls like this uh, with some sort of device, probably made by Apple. And I've seen the patents Apple's working on it, so that you can actually interact with people as well. And my goal and my vision with this MBA program is to make it uh, uh, Web 3.0 based and interactive, kind of like World of Warcraft circa 2005 where you can walk around and meet with people uh, as, as well. Uh, and we're all going to have an avatar. And Reese Witherspoon, who's a brilliant businesswoman, um, uh, she sold her company, Hello Sunshine, for close to a billion dollars. Uh, I follow her on Twitter, and she released some information on the future of a virtual avatar. So check it out. She's amazing. She inspires me. All right. 
All right, next up, uh, Gene. Hey, Gene, how are you? Uh, Gene's in my MBA program. Great to see you. Uh, Gene wrote, uh, any MBA course material I can jump to as a small business owner uh, to benefit before taxes are uh, are, are filed? <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll show you how to access everything quickly in the MBA program. So all you have to do is just go to my website, um, haroonventures.com or Haroon Education, same thing. And up here, um, I implemented something called Power Search. And I paid this German company called 360 Search, 100 bucks a month for this. This is awesome. Check this out. So you can type in taxes and hit enter. And you can see I've done over 10,000 questions that are all indexed here in real time. Uh, and so what you can do is you can watch my vlogs on, on taxes or my MBA degree program. I talk about taxes a lot in saving strategies, et cetera. And you click here to go directly to that part in the program. Now, this is for silver, right? But if you click on it, what I want you to do is just copy the, the name of the lecture and then do a search with, within Platinum uh, and you'll find it as, as, as well. Yeah. So right here, I would recommend going to, I'll tell you where to go in the curriculum, go to FA22. That's finance and accounting uh, semester two, class number two. And that, that's when I cover it. Yeah. And never do your own taxes, anybody. Always hire an accountant. It's like, if you don't, it's like saying, I'm going to get, I have to get surgery and I'm going to do it myself. I know that sounds out there, but I want to impress upon you the importance of it because accountants, they understand the changes in the tax code and ignorant, ignorance of the tax code and the laws is no excuse ever. Always hire an accountant. Always, 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 always. And there is no central repository on the internet like a Yelp for accountants. The way to find a good one is find a good friend of yours or aunt, uncle, whatever, uh, and ask them to introduce you to their accountant. And they're happy to do it because they're getting their accountant more, you know, more customers as well. All right. Uh, next up, Demian wrote, uh, thank you, Chris, for all the knowledge. Uh, see you in a bit. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And so Demian said, I'll see you in a bit because I have uh, for gold and platinum students only office hours every Thursday starting at 1120. Yeah. And for those of you in the platinum program, we start one-on-ones on February 14th. All right. Um, Sarthik wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, good to see you. Likewise. And you wrote, good to see you after a long time. Uh, I was missing a lot of your webcast since I had lost interest in almost everything. I didn't want to study or analyze cryptos or make music, but now it feels good to be back on track. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I hope you're taking breaks and I feel like... Um, I feel like an idiot telling people to take breaks when I worked so damn hard last month. Uh, and and I, and I broke my own religious love of working on Sundays. Uh, and I feel bad about that. And there's a reason why, um, you know, in, in the Old Testament, uh, which is the basis for many great religions, um, that one of the Ten Commandments is, you know, watch the Sabbath or take a Sunday off. I take Sundays off um, because, you know, God knows that you know, we, we can burn out. And God made the world in seven days. Well, he rested on the seventh day. But he kind of did that just to let us know that, you know, you got to take your breaks. Otherwise, what happens is you, you burn out big time. And it happened to me. And it takes a toll on your health. And it did for me as well. As I mentioned earlier in the call, in December, I had shingles. Um, I was just working myself too hard. Yeah, yeah. But you got to schedule your breaks. And if you're in the MBA program, um, I think it's in the first class in the orientation session or PG-1-1, personal growth semester one, class one. Uh, I, I provide you with a system to schedule each day so you don't burn out. Yeah. And I'm using it again now. I did not in the month of December, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and 
I'm such a hypocrite because the Dalai Lama, you know, I love this quote. He said, the problem with Western society is we sacrifice uh, our health, our entire lives in order to make money. And then at the end of our lives, we sacrifice all of our money to maintain our health. And then we look back, that's me looking back. We look back and we realize we never really lived to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, so take your breaks. And with your kids especially, uh, statistically, it's this is a crazy stat, but by the time your child is 12 years old, you've already spent you've already spent 90% of the time you'll ever spend with them. So for those of you who have kids and you're thinking about making new friends, just put your kids first. Yeah. Because they're they're there forever. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Petra. Hey, Petra, how are you? Uh, uh, Petra is, is from uh, Romania, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think you mentioned that you're a big soccer fan or, or football fan as, as well. Um, and you're 19. I remember that. You came on the call about six weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, you wrote, I want to ask you how companies make earnings bigger and smaller uh, than revenue. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way it works is um, an income statement at the very top is revenue. Okay. And that's why people say, what's your top line or your top line growth? And revenue and sales is the same thing. So revenue means we collect money for something we sold. Then you have a bunch of expenses, like salespeople to sell that product. You've got uh, factory workers, if it's a physical product. You've got R&D. You pay taxes. And at the bottom of the income statement, you have earnings. Okay, And that's why people say, what's your bottom line? Well, it's, that's earnings. It's at the bottom of the income statement. And mathematically, it's impossible for earnings to ever be bigger than revenue because every company has expenses. If you didn't have any expenses at all, then revenue would be the same as earnings, which is almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, and the best companies out there in the software sector, uh, they have uh, net profit margins of between 30 and 45%. But most other companies, it's a lot lower than that. Yeah. And in the MBA program, we talk about financial modeling in a lot of detail in the first semester in the finance and accounting track. Yeah. Okay, next up, Naveed wrote, um, what's your view on blockchain and financial services? How transactions at financial services, especially banks, uh, are going to be moved uh, to, to blockchain? Yeah, I'm bullish longer term. You know, it, it's, it's basically having a digital ledger makes a lot of sense. It's easier to keep track of stuff that way. It's more secure uh, and everything is documented in the cloud and backed up in multiple instances uh, over and over and over again. Yeah, so I'm bullish uh, longer term. Longer term, yeah. And, and even the big banks like um, like JP Morgan, you know, for years they were saying that cryptocurrencies and blockchain is a scam, is a scam. And then uh, Jimmy Dimon, who I think is a great CEO at, at JP Morgan, um, you know, recently he said, okay, we're going to start embracing cryptos. They have to because all their clients are as well. Yeah. So I'm bullish longer term, um, but I'm also cautiously optimistic. Now, if you want to invest uh, in, in, whenever I invest in companies uh, in a new growth sector, I usually love to invest in the companies that make the tools. And so I've been an investor for a while in Coinbase. They make the tools. Just like in the 90s, I invested in Cisco, ticker CSCO. They make the plumbing of the internet. They make the tools. Just like back in the 1849 gold rush here in California, um, where most people never found gold, the best investment was in the companies that make the axes uh, and the pixels, uh, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, when you think about uh, platforms in general as investments, um, when it comes to cryptos and blockchain, you want to own the road. The best investments, you, you own the road, okay? Like, like Apple does. You know, Apple owns the road, iOS, and they charge the cars on it 
30%, right? That's how much money they make for all my courses that sell on, on Apple, for example. You know, Facebook is a social media platform as well. They don't make any, any social media content, but they own the road and they're a toll keeper. And I'll get to Ethereum in a second. You know, LinkedIn is the quintessential, you know, social media uh, network when it comes to companies or people from a career perspective. I butchered that one, sorry. Uh, but that is the best business platform for social media. Uh, and so um, w when it comes to uh, uh, cryptocurrencies, the best platform to invest in, and I've been mining this crypto for years, is Ethereum. Because Ethereum owns the road. Of course, they're, 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 uh, the, the, the name of the crypto is ETH or, or Ether. Ethereum owns the road. And most uh, NFTs are made on the Ethereum platform. And also most ICOs, meaning initial coin offerings, which is like an IPO for cryptos, occur on the Ethereum platform. And that's why I've always been very bullish uh, on Ethereum. And I've always, almost always owned more Ethereum than, than Bitcoin. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Peter wrote, uh, also, what do you think about uh, the future of these meme coins like Dogecoin uh, and so on? Yeah. Um, so I, I think most of these cryptos are a scam and I always want you to do your own research. And I provide you a plenty of tools to do that in my MBA program and in my crypto course as well. Um, I think most are a scam. And it's just highly illogical that there are way more cryptocurrencies than there are fiat currencies, meaning paper-based currencies. It's a bubble. I'm very bullish on a handful of them, but I think a lot of it is, is, is really, a lot of it is crap, yeah. And I've seen so many students through my one-on-ones in my platinum program that have gotten scammed by, by, by in cryptos and lost a fortune. Yeah, so I'm very guarded and protective of my students always. Always do your own research. Uh, and I actually found a cryptocurrency scammer. Um, and uh, he pretended to be me. Uh, and what I did was I actually, I, I, uh, I confronted him. And I have a vlog about it as, as well. Um, I confronted him, I caught him. Uh, and I want to show you, because I'm really proud of how I caught him. And I'll t I got the authorities involved in everything, but I let him go. But let, let me show you. So if you go to, um, just go to my webpage and just search for cryptocurrency scam. We can find a vlog here. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be on my, here it is, confronting a, a cryptocurrency scammer right here. Um, so I'll let you guys check this out. Um, Pretend they were me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a quick break, uh, but I'll play this video for you. I'll be right back and thank you. Uh, this is how I caught him. There was this person that, that tried to um, pretend they were me uh, and tried to get people to give them cryptocurrencies. If anybody watches cryptocurrency videos on YouTube and somebody asks you to provide them with you with their, their WhatsApp number, don't do it, please. Do not do that. Um, and, and somebody, uh, we caught the person that was doing it and I'll show you how I caught him. Okay, here's what happened, okay? And, and I'll scroll through this with you guys here, okay? Uh, so, um, so this guy pretended to be me, so I pretended to be somebody else. I said, Chris, thanks so much. I'm a big fan. And this is the guy pretending to be me, okay? He said, you're welcome. What's your name and location? Uh, and, and I gave him a pretend name. Um, and, and I said, it'd be a great pleasure to meet you one day. Um, and then he wrote, um, uh, likewise, are you are you new trader, uh, Usman? And I wrote, I've been buying a lot of tech stocks lately and GameStop uh, over the year. I spelled this wrong, too, over the year. Crazy charts. And he said, do you have cryptocurrencies? And I wrote, not yet. 
but I know you teach about it. I bought your course. I saw your interview on NBC, yada, yada. It's an honor to speak with you. It, I was just pretending to be somebody else. Uh, and then he wrote, are you located in Pakistan? And I wrote yes on purpose because you can't buy cryptos in, in Pakistan. You, um, and I wrote, yes, I'm in New York often on business. Um, and this is the, the guy pretending to be me. And he, go, he goes, I think Bitcoin is banned in Pakistan, but I have something else I can, you can invest in. And I wrote, can I wire you money? And you can invest it for me, right? Uh, he goes, how much are you proposing? I said, nine grand, because if it's 10 grand in the US or more, you have to register with the government, right? And I wrote, thanks so much. And he goes, when do you intend to do it? I go, let me ask my wife. <laughs> uh, and I said, she's saying yes. He said, okay. Uh, when do you want to do it? And I said, anytime. Right now? Sure. And he said, do you, have, uh, do you have to go to the bank to set up a wire transfer? I said, no. Uh, and he goes, what's the time over there? Like he's testing me. And I said, almost 5 a.m. in Pakistan. And he goes, okay, I'll have to reach out to you uh, and get you details. And then I wrote this stuff, which is a pretend I spelled, made a spelling mistake on purpose. He said, I also need your, your full email. And I made that email up. And he gave me the person's name. Here we go. That's the person's name right there, okay? And where they live. And the Swift account was from Atlanta or from Georgia, although their address was from uh, California. So I caught okay? They kept pressuring me to invest, yada, 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 yada. Um, uh, and then, and then I, I wrote, he wrote, when are you going to do the transfer? And I wrote, very soon, I promise. And then I sent him this video here. Good morning, whoever you are. Okay, so I have detectives that have been tracking all of this. IP addresses as well. I know people at Facebook, I've got access to certain uh, APIs for WhatsApp. Um, also, the address you left in Southern California, probably not you, but I do have detectives looking into that. I also have detectives looking into the SWIFT code that you gave, uh, which was from the great state of Georgia here in the United States. Again, we also have your IP address. I have uh, YouTube at their headquarters here in San Bruno, just around the corner from where I live, uh, looking into this as well. Uh, and so I could go into more details uh, and come after you, but um, I, I believe uh, as a Christian that I'm gonna turn the other cheek and I'm gonna stop this investigation right now uh, just to give you the ability to turn your life around and not scam people. Okay, so all I ask for you, please, um, and I say this with love my heart, uh, is to take down that YouTube account, okay? I can get YouTube itself to do a cease and desist here in, in San Mateo or San Bruno at their headquarters, um, but I'll turn the other cheek and let you do it yourself. That's just the type of person I am uh, and just know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you very much and it's not too late for you to turn your life around. Um, thank you and God bless you. And so, um, Again, I believe there's there's one God and there's many great religions out there. That's just the personal message that I, I sent this person. Uh, and then he sent back um, a, a message to me. Thank you. I'm going to turn my life around right now. I then went back and checked out the, the YouTube account and, and he, he changed it completely. Yeah. So if anybody asks you for money um, uh, over, over YouTube um, or when it comes to cryptocurrencies, please don't, don't give in, uh, even if they're trying to pretend to be somebody else. Um, yeah, so always do your own research. And I pride myself uh, on, on humbly trying to help my students learn how to fish instead of giving them a fish. Because if you learn how to fish, you'll eat for a lifetime instead of just for one day if I give you a fish. Uh, and so what I teach is um, in my MBA degree program, in my cryptocurrency course as well, uh, 49 steps on how to... All right, let me stop my propaganda of selling my courses. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for your, your patience. I took a quick, quick little break there too. Okay, great. Um, 
All right. Um, next question I have got here is uh, Naveed, uh, who wrote, uh, if the concept of blockchain is to decentralize money uh, and open all nodes to process efficiently, but financial services firms like banks want to keep customer transactions secured and not visible to the general public. And he wrote question mark there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, technically speaking, uh, blockchain is much more secure, much more secure. Now, different cryptocurrencies have their own blockchain, which is basically a digital ledger. Okay, like in the old days, we used to write debits and credits, finance stuff in a book. They call it a digital ledger. It's much more secure. But most cryptocurrencies are a scam. Um, but I do believe that Bitcoin has a wonderful and secure digital ledger, so to speak, um, as does uh, Ethereum. And when you think of uh, Ethereum, it, it's kind of like Bitcoin in terms of the digital ledger, but also uh, on the Ethereum platform, think of it as DocuSign as well, okay? Or a, a financial services firm where you can document um, uh, legal documents and, and transactions and, and your checking and savings account information, yeah. All right. All right, uh, uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, uh, do you use a Brave browser? It's awesome. Uh, as uh, it's without ads, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I actually got rid of Chrome. I don't recommend anybody use Chrome. And the reason is because if you use Chrome, what I want you to do right now, if you have Windows, do Control-Alt-Delete. Or if you have uh, Mac, just swipe that on your mouse pad and go to Activity Monitor. And I want you to look at the CPU process and you'll see that uh, when you have Google Chrome open, there's a gazillion little applications open called Google Chrome Helper, Google Chrome Helper. And that sucks up the memory on your computer. Um, and so I don't use Chrome anymore because of that. So I use Safari on, on this computer and I even use the Microsoft Edge browser eh, uh, on, on my, uh, my, my Windows machines. Yeah, my Alienware laptop, yeah. Um, now, I, what I do for, for, so that people don't know who I am is um, I, I have this great application, uh, and I learned about this from Marquise Brownlee, my favorite uh, YouTuber. Um, it's called uh, ExpressVPN. And ExpressVPN, I think it's like eight or nine bucks a month, but you could put it on all your devices, this, your iPad, your computers, whatever. And you could change where you're browsing from. And so there's a bunch of countries and locations you can pick. Uh, and so I, I use that sometimes when I'm searching for health-related stuff for myself. Uh, also, I, I do that sometimes uh, when I'm trying to see how my courses are being promoted uh, from an SEO perspective on Google in different markets. Yeah. So check it out, ExpressVPN. It's great. And subscribe to Marquise Brownlee's, uh, Marquise Brownlee's channel. He's amazing. Love that guy. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, Sarthik wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, you have to watch Utopia. Great series. Thank you. I'll, I'll take a screen print of that. Give me a second. Thanks. I'll check it out. I'm so sad Succession is over. I watched it twice, actually, the series. Once by myself and once with my wife. We just finished up. We finished it last night. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin. There's like 8 million Culkins. I'm not, I'm not sure his name, but he is the highlight of that show. His one-liners are hysterical. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Manas wrote, uh, thank you for everything. Uh, it's been around 90 weeks now since I first joined your webcast. Uh, it's been an awesome journey. Thank you. Thank you. You wrote, I'll always be part of the Haruna Education Ventures family no matter what. Uh, and, and one day, um, uh, and then you have, you have a part two here. 
I'll knock on your office door and we will host a webcast together. That'd be fun, man. Uh, you wrote, that's my dream. And I promise I'll do everything to get there. God bless you and your family forever. A bunch of emojis. Thank you. God bless you and your family way, way more. And thank you. Thank you. You inspire me, man. All right. Uh, and then Muen, Muen wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, it's an honor. Thank you. Great, great to see you as well. Okay. Um, uh, and then moving on to, give me a second here. Uh, so Richard wrote, uh, I'm in the OC. I have a James Bond car, a Lotus. Oh, get out, Esprit uh, S1. Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. And I actually got to see the car in the museum when I was in, or, in, in Los Angeles recently uh, that was used in The Spy Who Loved Me, which is my favorite Bond movie ever. It's the White Lotus that goes underwater as well. Love that movie. Love that movie. Okay. Uh, and then Rawlings, uh, who's one of my MBA students from uh, Nigeria, great to see you again, uh, wrote, uh, Fooled by Ramness is an amazing book. It is good. It is good. I, I love it. And I worked at a hedge fund called Kingdon, uh, and I quit Goldman Sachs to go to Kingdon. Um, and then uh, I had one week off in the middle. Uh, and so I went to, my wife couldn't take time off, uh, but I went to Hawaii by myself. And my portfolio manager at Kingdon told me to read uh, Fooled by Ramness, which I did. And I had to carry a little pocket dictionary as well, because it kind of complicated for me to read that yeah all right give me one second guys momento por favor okay here we go good okay hey fred how are you fred mendoza uh, great to see you buddy great to see you fred graduated from the platinum program uh, my mba program last year uh he's from the great state of maryland he lives in baltimore i think um and and during our graduation and fred i never got to tell you this brother uh, but, but I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, during the, 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 the in-person graduation, uh, Christina played a, a, a video uh, from students. And you actually, you, you, you gave me a personalized message in front of the Lincoln Memorial, I think, right? Uh, and it, it was incredible. And I, I appreciate that. And I didn't get a chance to thank you, but thank you and God bless you. Yeah. And thanks again for your help with the options course last year. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Fred Murata wrote, uh, compliments uh, of the new year, everyone. Likewise. Okay. Next question I got is from uh, Double A, uh, who wrote, hello, sir. Chris, please. Please suggest me uh, the right path on what I should do. I'm going to marry in a few days, but my job is not good, but I want to do good for my family. Uh, I'm not graduate. Also, it's it's hard to earn um, uh, uh, good good money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry about that, but I'm excited for you though. You're getting married. That's, that's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. I got married in, um, uh, in, in, in June of 2000. This is my wedding ring. This year is the Ura ring, uh, which tracks my sleep patterns and stuff. Uh, my, my, my REM sleep is off the charts, like 10 times higher than the average person, but my deep sleep is off and I'm trying to fix that as, as well. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, um, of career. Yeah. Don't, don't think about that at all, please. Just, just focus 100% of your efforts uh, and, and the love in your heart on, on your wonderful wedding coming up uh, in two days. Uh, and just tell yourself from a career perspective, you know, God already knows what's going to happen. And that should put, it give you peace of mind as well. Don't worry. It'll all work out. It always does. You know, Dale Carnegie once said, it's not work that kills us. It's worry. And uh, Winston Churchill uh, once said, um, I once met a man on his deathbed who talked about all the worries he had in his life, none of which came true. Don't worry. 
I promise you it'll all work out. I'm here to humbly help you uh, find your, your career path, etc. Um, now, I recommend aggressively networking. Like don't, if, whenever there's a job opening online, don't apply, right? Don't just apply because statistically it's proven that your chance of getting a job by sending in your resume for a job opening is one out of 250. So how do you get that job? Well, the person that gets that job quite often knows somebody at the company. So we have to solve for X and find people at the company. Uh, and so make sure you have an amazing LinkedIn profile. And also uh, make sure that, um, send me a message. I'll, I'll give you my, my complete job course for free. It'll help you. So email support at haroonventures.com. Uh, I'll look for your name. Uh, but create a great LinkedIn profile and set up a ton of networking meetings as well. I promise you, I guarantee it, if you set up a ton of networking meetings, you will get the job of your dreams. And my course talks about it in more detail. My MBA in much more detail as well. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. I'll keep you in my prayers too, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up, uh, President Scroob uh, wrote, uh, Chris, top of the morning to you. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, I'm taking your options course and I had a question about the interest rate or is it inflation? Where can I find the current interest rate uh, or inflation rate? Yeah, as one of, one of your inputs, yeah. So I would, um, it's tough to really model uh, options using inflation. Uh, I would just uh, put in the interest rates, okay? That, that's what I would do. Uh, and I think that's one of the plugins for the, the gamma formula as well when we analyze with Greek formulas. So in terms of getting the, the interest rate, and this is uh, called the cost of capital, um, so let me tee it up first before I show you um, how to think about this. So the United States government, um, they have a body called the Federal Reserve. And, and this government body sets interest rates. It's called monetary policy. And the lowest risk investment uh, on the planet, according to investors, and this is not a pro rah 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 America thing, but the last company on this planet to go bankrupt would be the US government. And so whenever people are creating financial statements and they want to discount future earnings to today, they use what's called the risk-free rate, which is government treasuries, US, US rate. And the way to get that is to look at the yield curve. And I'll, I'll explain this right here. So let's go over here to, make a new, new browser here. Let's go to treasury, treasury, hold on a second, .gov. Okay, and this is a government website that people use uh, to understand the future interest rate. And some people use also the London, Inter the London Interbank Offer Rate, referred to as LIBOR. But you go here to data, and I'll explain all this. And then you click here on the yield curve. And so right here, this tells you, as of today, right here, okay, what the market is pricing in in terms of short-term interest rates and long-term interest rates. So right now, the market is pricing in one month interest of 0.04% on an annualized basis. It's crazy. On a 30-year basis for your risk-free rate, the market is pricing in 2.08%. So if you need a risk-free rate uh, when you're discounting something, you can use this. Now, the reason it's called a yield curve is because um, it looks like a curve, and I'll show you in a second, okay? So here we have on this axis here, uh, we've got the date. Here we have the interest rate. And I'll show you what it looks like right here for a yield curve. I'll give you an example from 2018. Okay, so here's an image from 2018 um, right, right, right here. Here we go, yeah. 
Um, so basically what this tells you in this example uh, is you've got uh, here on the x-axis, you've got uh, time. And on the y-axis, you've got the interest rate. And so this is important if you want to get a mortgage or if you want to price any investment. And so at that point in time, 2018, the market was pricing in one month uh, interest rates at 1.6%. And the market was, was pricing in 30-year interest at just over 3%. That's called the yield curve. And this is the risk-free rate. Now, companies have yield curves as well. So IBM issues debt, right, bonds. But their yield curve is up here. It looks like that. And it, it's up there because IBM is riskier than the U.S. government. And if you invest in junk bonds or high-yield bonds, which is what, you, what was used to make Las Vegas, uh, the yield curve is way, way, way up, up here as well. And when you get a mortgage... Your mortgage is based on this yield curve uh, as well. So hopefully that, that answers uh, your question. If you, if you have additional questions, uh, please let me know. Thank you. All right. And if you want to protect yourself from inflation, this is what I do and I've done. You can buy something called TIPS, which stands for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. And what that means is whatever the government rate is, say 2% over 30 years, you get that, but it's protected for inflation. So if inflation is 6% and you're investing in something that has a 2%, 2 yield, then you'll make 8% in a year. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Rajesh wrote, hey, Chris, uh, I'd like to do a practical uh, in-global procurement uh, do you have any courses like that uh, in your academy? Yeah, you'd have to give me more details uh, on that so I can answer the question better because procurement's kind of a it's kind of a broad term. So let, let me know and I'll humbly try to answer answer your question best, or I'll guide you to where to go on Udemy, for example, to take a course that covers that. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, if anybody wants to learn how to code and you've never done it before and you're intimidated, the way to do it in a fun way is to take courses from Angela Yu. She is unbelievable. I met her in Berlin a couple of years ago at a Udemy event. Um, she, she's a doctor, uh, and she decided that she's more passionate about teaching. She teaches coding. She lives in the United Kingdom. Uh, take her courses on programming. They're amazing, yeah. Angela Yu, why you? Do a search on that on Udemy, yeah. Okay, um, ne next up, uh, Famukafi uh, wrote, uh, hey Chris, uh, wh what's your opinion on Bitcoin? Uh, as, as a good hedge for crazy inflationary environments uh, that we're in. Yeah, I, I think of Bitcoin like digital gold. So I, I think it's a great long-term investment. I can't call the daily moves in, in the asset price of anything, but I do know that Bitcoin will be a hell of a lot higher in 20 years, uh, especially because there's a dearth of supply. Now, the maximum supply of coins that will ever be produced uh, for Bitcoin is um, a 21 million. And that will be by the year 2140. And so, uh, or 2000, 2040, yeah. So before you invest in any asset class, make sure you thoroughly understand the supply metrics. You know, like my grandfather, God bless you, I miss you, used to say to me, Chrissy, buy land. They're not making it anymore. Always look at supply closely, yeah. All right, next up, uh, uh, Paul wrote, by the way, Chris, uh, another one, Paul from Barcelona. Great, great representation from Barcelona today. The most beautiful city in the world. Uh, you wrote, uh, when is your next MBA taking place? Uh, also for Platinum, uh, how are the uh, three-hour calls spread out uh, throughout the MBA? 
It was nice meeting you in Barcelona. Uh, I always remember it. Thank you so much for that. I, I, God bless you for that. You made me look like a million bucks in front of my kids too. Um, so uh, I met with uh, Paul in, in Barcelona a couple of years ago when I was there on vacation. Um, and he gave me this unbelievable, two, actually two amazing uh, shirts, uh, football jerseys, which, which are awesome. I, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. God bless you. And when we were talking at the time, we went for a walk down La Rumbla together. Um, and I think my, my son, uh, Andrew, wanted to buy Adidas sneakers there. But I remember you and I were talking about uh, your business model and how similar it is to Priceline. I remember that. Or Expedia. Uh, and uh, that was a great conversation. If you have additional questions about that, uh, please let me know as, as always. Now, uh, in terms of, of, of the MBA program, uh, I'll show you here. So uh, we're sold out for this year um, at, at 200 people, bigger than I expect. There's a last minute rush. Um, but um, if you want, you, you can join next year. Um, or what you can do is you can get on the, um, you can get on my, my um, uh, waiting list here. Okay? So you go to haroonventures.com. Um, and then uh, you can just email this address here, okay? Um, and, and you'll be put on the wait list. Um, and I did this because I get about 1% returns uh, with my MBA program and all my courses on average. Uh, and the 30-day money-back policy ends on uh, February 10th. So I'm sure I'll get people dropping out. So if you want, send an email here. Um, or what you can do, if you want, is you can take the silver program um, and then you can upgrade later. So whatever amount of money you spend on silver is deducted when you buy gold or platinum. Um, and you can start this one uh, today. Yeah, if, if you're interested, yeah. All right, hold on a second here. All right. Um, oh, in terms of the one-on-one the -on -one meetings with me, yeah. So uh, I start February 14th this year and I do them um, for my platinum students uh, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday between 1.30 and 3.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and thanks again for, for the, the gifts you gave me in, in Barcelona. That, that, was, that was fun. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, next up, uh, Daniel wrote, uh, Chris, uh, thank you for your advice on this important introduction request to Sequoia Capital. I will contact Akil today. Uh, your knowledge and caring attitude inspire me uh, to move this project forward. Awesome. I'm always here to help you. Uh, make sure you write a full business plan first because um, I want you to make sure you're ready for the market. And if you have questions, uh, let me know. I'm always here for you. Always. Thank you. All right. Next up. And then Daniel wrote, uh, uh, Chris P.S. Uh, uh, last weekend, I bought and enjoyed taking your Udemy course on, on venture capital. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thinking of taking that one down. Um, and, and the reason is because the ratings are low. It was one of my first courses. And ironically, I worked full-time in VC when I made it too. But I think it's my worst course because I didn't understand at the time that when you make a Udemy course, you have to provide um, uh, tangible skills for people to use right away to take their career to the next level. And it was just informational. I was like, Look, this, is, this is what venture capital is. It, it was as helpful as a, as a, as a masterclass, um, which is not that helpful. Masterclass, you have a lot of celebrities. That, that, that empower you, but they're just kind of sitting there talking. Unlike a Udemy course, where you learn real life practical stuff. But thank you for, for, for getting the VC course. Um, and you can always get your money back, obviously, if, uh, if you're not happy. Yeah, thank you. All right, next up, I got a deal who wrote, hi, Chris, uh, hope you are doing excellently well. Uh, I, I am, thank you. Uh, hey, Jofen, good to see you. And so the question is here, and give me one second, guys. 
Uh, the question is, I'm kind of overwhelmed by your multiple links on the website here and here. Uh, is there any solution? Is there any solution to this problem? Yeah. Um, let me know what web page you're, you're talking about. Um, because our, I, and I've tested this thoroughly on mobile. Uh, I created this website myself. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's got a clean interface. Um, yeah. But let me know exactly what you mean. Uh, and so if you, if you zoom in, and if you use it on mobile, this menu system appears here. Yeah, but let me know exactly what what you think the issue is, and 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 I'll 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 look into it. Thank you. Okay. And the best type of customer is the one that gives feedback like that. Always, always, always. Yeah, that's what Bill Gates used to say. All right, Zishan said uh, hello, Chris, uh, with a heart, my heart right back at you. Thank you. Uh, and then you wrote, uh, Chris. Uh, I specifically uh, do not have a question today, which I usually have uh, <laughs> for you, uh, but attending your weekly webcast is simply awesome. Thank you. God bless you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, and then you wrote, uh, for this week, I would request you to suggest me some books which I should read. Yeah, absolutely, dude, for sure. All right, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm reading right now. So I'm always reading a couple of books at the same time. So I'm, I'm reading a Gary Vaynerchuk book right now on Audible. I do everything on Audible so that when I brush my teeth in the morning, I can just listen to my audiobook. Um, so there's that. I, I, uh, and Gary V's latest book, I'll tell you here. And all his books are great, but only by the ones that he narrates because he's very passionate about it. Yeah. So it's called 12, uh, 12 and a Half. Yeah, 12, 12 and a Half. Yeah. It, it's about optimism. Um, yeah. Uh, also, um, I, I downloaded a couple other books. Uh, the next one is called uh, Your Next Five Moves, which is about taking your career to the next level. And I learned about it from uh, Michelle G, who's one of my wonderful platinum students uh, this year. Um, and another book I'm reading is called uh, This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends. Um, it's not doom and gloom, but it's about cybersecurity uh, and WikiLeaks, which is fascinating. Uh, and also, um, my next book, I get one credit per month here, on Audible is going to be Will Smith's autobiography, which I can't wait to read or listen to. He narrates it as well. Yeah, and he's, he's one of my heroes. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other books, I really don't have that many uh, to recommend. Um, I wear my heart in my sleeve, but I, I wrote a book called 101 Crucial Lessons They Don't Teach You in Business School. Um, that's okay. But I don't really have any other business books because most business books are, are very theoretical in nature. You know, like if you read a business textbook on supply and demand graphs, it's not going to help you in life. Yeah. But if you want, uh, uh, you can read uh, The Startup of You uh, by Reid Hoffman, who's the co-founder of LinkedIn. He's also a venture capitalist and a great guy uh, at, at Greylock. You can check that one out if you want to. Um, also, uh, Dale Carnegie has a wonderful book everyone's got to read. Uh, and without Dale Carnegie, people like Tony Robbins wouldn't be as successful as they are. So Dale Carnegie's book is called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's superb. It'll help you with personal and business relationships as well. Yeah, that's a must read. All right, uh, next up, Akshay wrote, uh, what is your take on DeFi's effect uh, on the financial sector? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think all the big banks are gonna be embracing it closely. Uh, I know that Vanessa Klolela, who I've met a number of times, she heads up Citigroup's venture capital division here in the Bay Area. They're investing a ton in that area longer term. Nobody knows what it's gonna look like, but it will have an impact at some point. It will, yeah. It becomes self-fulfilling, you know, because a lot of CEOs talk about it in the financial services sector. Kind of like uh, Mark, uh, Mark Zuckerberg talking about uh, the metaverse or Web 3.0. It becomes self-fulfilling because everybody talks about it. Eventually they embrace it, yeah. 
All right. Uh, next up, uh, Zishan wrote, uh, note, I've read your 101 things they don't teach you in business school three times. It's a must read. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're the one. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Um, and then you wrote, and, and, and what is the thing that keeps you so positive uh, smiling uh, on this on this webcast? I was, yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I'm in my elements. I, 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 this is my passion. I love doing what I'm doing. And when you find your passion in life, your purpose, your raison d'etre, so to speak, um, you, you're, you're always happy. You're, you're in a good mood. I was always a happy kid as well. Um, my three sons are, are happy as well. Yeah. They're good looks I get from Christine, my wife. And, and I practice gratitude every morning before I get out of bed. And I recommend everybody do the same. Uh, and so before I go to bed every single morning, I thank God for 10 things in this, in this order. Andrew, Matthew, Dylan, Christine, my wife, my mom, my dad, my brother, Jamie, my sisters, Katie, Elizabeth, and you, my students. And if you practice gratitude before getting out of bed every day, then your, your problems will seem really trivial. Yeah. Just practice gratitude. I'm grateful for what I have. Uh, and then Daniel said to invest in tips is the minimum $10,000. I'm not sure, but I've, I've done it. Yeah. 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 And, and if you want, you can download the prospectus before you invest. And I recommend you do so. It'll look something like this, but a lot smaller, right? Um, and never invest in anything without reading the investment offering memorandum first. Uh, and so if you have somebody that tells you, that, hey, do you want to invest in my company? You say, can I see the investment offering memorandum first? Prepared by a lawyer, of course. Yeah. Okay, Nikuli wrote, uh, hey, Chris, Nikuli from South Africa. Great, great to see you. Great to see you. Um, and I have two wonderful students uh, from South Africa that graduated in December. Uh, we've got Kim uh, and Andrew Cooper. They're great. They now live in British Columbia, but they're, they're family to me. Yeah. Okay, so you wrote here, what do you think of the metaverse? Uh, do you think there will be a future where we use dual currencies between reality uh, and the metaverse. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe in the metaverse. Um, I think it's going to take much longer than people are expecting to become a reality. Um, but but I believe in it. And I, I watched Mark Zuckerberg's keynote speech on it. And what he does, if you want to understand metaverse, uh, just try out Oculus because it'll kind of help you understand what it might look like. And so Zuckerberg used, used Oculus uh, and he was walking around and you can, it's online, anybody can watch it, but he was walking around in his own virtual living room, which is like your homepage, which is what how it works in Oculus, with a nice view of the mountains and stuff. And then he walked into different rooms and he had uh, somebody from Facebook, uh, on, or Meta as they call it now, uh, that went to a virtual concert with a friend, an avatar. Yeah, so I, I think it's coming. I think what's gonna happen is um, everybody's gonna have their own avatar, at least one avatar, maybe more. In the younger generation, like my kids have fewer toys than I do, physical toys. They grew up digital, owning rights to stuff in the cloud, whether it's skins on Fortnite or whatever it is. And so it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I think what's going to happen is we're all going to interact with each other on the metaverse. Like this call eventually will be metaverse based, where I'll get to sit down beside you uh, in, in, um, in India or wherever students are from, uh, and have DOSA with you virtually, so to speak. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of metaverse plays, uh, people are saying NVIDIA, ticker NVDA, because um, they make graphics chips. Um, and I think Apple is probably going to be... I'm more, more bullish on Apple and Sony 
than I am on, on Facebook longer term, just because I don't trust Facebook. But Sony er, just announced at, at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show their new, uh, uh, their, their new uh, virtual reality uh, product, um, the first new one they've had in five years. I can't wait to see it. Uh, but I think Apple, who's filed a bunch of patents I've seen on this, is going to come out with the first groundbreaking product. And the way it's going to work, I think, is you'll wear these glasses, kind of like Google Glass, which didn't work out that well because people called them glass holes because they'd walk into bars, restaurants, bathrooms with the mom's weird. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Apple is going to pioneer a device to the extent that it's like when you use augmented reality on this right now to see what a product looks like. And you'll, you'll wear these glasses and you'll have, you know, the real world and you'll have the virtual world as, as well, right? Using AR. So it's, it's something Microsoft's been trying to do with HoloLens unsuccessfully for a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think it's going to be great. I think it's gonna be fun. And Zoom, Zoom eventually will have metaverse, metaverse capabilities. I'm, I'm confident of it, yeah. And my entire MBA program, my MBA program, the, the gold, platinum, silver one, that will all be metaverse-based uh, one day. Absolutely, without a doubt, yeah. And I'm going to be a first mover there. All right. Uh, in terms of, of, of cr dual currencies uh, in the metaverse, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, of, of course, cryptocurrencies are the future. Um, I think we'll be using that a lot. But I also think that companies like Square uh, and PayPal will find a way to get into that market as well as Visa and MasterCard. There's just too much at stake here. Yeah. All right. Next up, Zishan wrote, uh, Chris, uh, what is pegging of currency and how did George Soros force the bot uh, out of pegging? Uh, I've read numerous articles. If you could explain it in an easy way, pegging. Yeah. So uh, what I recommend doing, I, I made a, a massive log on this not, not too long ago. But if you go to my, my website right at the top, uh, and then you do, uh, I think it's Soros, I explain the whole thing, how he shorted the, the Thai bot. Here it is here. How George Soros made a billion dollars in a day by breaking the, the Bank of England. I think my exposure sucked that day too. Hedge fund billionaire. Yeah. Uh, so, so I go through exactly how he did it and what, what pegging means, okay? Um, so the pound was pegged to a bunch, a handful of European currencies. Um, uh, which, which meant that it moved up and down in line with them. Uh, and then Soros shorted uh, the pound uh, and he forced the Bank of England to no longer have a peg currency because you have to have a lot of reserves, cash governments do, to make sure that supply and demand metrics are in line so that the currency remains at a certain level. But he broke the Bank of England. He also did it with a Thai bot. Um, yeah, the, England tried their best. They, they couldn't successfully do it. It was, it was disastrous. I remember that. He did it with, uh, yeah, he did it with the Thai bot as well. He made a billion dollars uh, in one day uh, uh, from the Thai bot as well as from, from breaking the pound. Yeah, so check that out if you want to uh, for more details. Thanks. All right. Uh, next up, Shihan wrote, uh, hope that all is well, likewise. Uh, what's your opinion uh, on, on Udemy? Yeah, so due to conflict of interest, and I've said this since day one, I will never talk about uh, Udemy um, as a publicly traded company. Yeah, because yeah. obviously I'm, I'm biased. I, I, I teach on the platform. It just wouldn't be right. Yeah, thank you, though. Okay, next up, uh, Dowd wrote, uh, how do you make people believe in your capabilities when you're just in your 20s uh, and um, you're opening up a, a trading floor nowadays? Yeah, let me read that again. How, how to make people believe in your capabilities when you're just in your 20s and is opening a trading floor uh, worth, uh, worth it today. Okay, I think you meant if, yeah, if it makes sense. Yeah, so trading floors are, are things thing of the past. 
Um, and so, you know, the NASDAQ doesn't have a trading floor. The New York Stock Exchange only does uh, because it's great from a media perspective. When journalists go on the floor, like Maria Bartiromo, for example, uh, and they talk about the markets and you have people in, in the background. Yeah, it's old school. Uh, it really shouldn't exist because everything is, is digital uh, in nature. Uh, and so I think trading floors are, are a thing of the past. Yeah. Now, big investment banks will still have trading floors, though, their own, um, because it's basically a marketplace um, for their clients, meaning hedge funds and, and, and mutual funds, to transact. And I think you'll always have trading floors. Maybe they'll be virtual. People use Zoom more often, whatever. Uh, but I think that trading floors will always exist when it comes to a big investment banks like Morgan Sachs, uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Haroon Sachs, yeah. J.P. Morgan, etc. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is: Are quant funds worth it? Yeah. <sighs> There's only one that that really makes sense. I think that's done well over time, uh, and that's Jim Simmons Fund uh, called Renaissance. Um, and I did a vlog on this not too long ago. Uh, and so Jim Simmons, he um, really smart guy. He used to work at the NSA. He's good at math. But what he did was he founded this company called Renaissance. And they have thousands of Linux servers running in parallel that are picking stocks. And his average gross returns every year since the 1980s until now is 60%. It's heavily guarded, though, in terms of his quant models. And basically the way it works, I'll give you an example, is these computers have a bunch of parameters that are fed into it. And then they go long and short stocks based on that. So for example, if it's raining a lot this month, then he might go short restaurant stocks because during lunch hour, if it's raining, people don't go out to eat. That sort of, that's probably the best way to explain it. And if you wanna learn more about, about Renaissance and Jim Simmons, um, I actually did a, did, did a vlog on this and I will get this screen transfer better for next week, I promise you. Uh, but, but if you go to my website uh, and you do uh, Renaissance, and I can't spell, but this will correct me anyway. Okay. Yeah, so I, I talked about it a lot here. Uh, Renaissance Technologies. Oh, cool, the search engine corrected me, nice. Um, so you, you can click here if you want to week 139. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and actually I made a vlog out of it too. So this one here. So I talk about, uh, that was the same week, I guess. Yeah, uh, that, my other vlog. I talk about uh, how he does it, Renaissance technology, right? And so his returns are, are off the charts. There's Jim Simmons there as well. Um, yeah, 60% gross adjusted return since, since the 80s. He's a math quant, which is why he worked um, at the, um, and I explained a normal probability when, when looking to invest in quant funds there as well. Yeah, so you, you can check that out if, if you want to. He, he's done incredibly well. Uh, again, this is um, all about quant funds, that, that, that vlog. So do a search on hedge funds and artificial intelligence. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, you wrote, it's true, Chris. I haven't seen any other quant funds, especially in India, uh, that outperform the index usually. Yeah. The, the, the harsh reality is that if you just buy ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you'll more, more, more likely than not uh, make more money than if you put money into a mutual fund. Because mutual funds have really, really high fees and you pay higher taxes too because governments globally, they incentivize uh, their, their citizens to think longer term. And they do that by making sure that the tax rate is much, much lower if you hold something and make money in longer than a year. 
governments don't like volatility or fear in the markets. If you buy something and sell it within one year and you turn a profit, you're going to pay higher taxes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I think that's one reason why uh, ETFs massively outperform. And probably the best resource out there uh, w when it comes to ETFs is you can go to a great website called ETFDB.com uh, or just go to my website, search for ETF. I have plenty of videos on it. But this website here, ETFDatabase.com, it's fantastic because, and it's free, you can screen ETFs as well, right? So we can look by geography if we want to. So you click here, there's a chart here. Uh, we can go here to Brazil, I guess. Um, and then we, we can look at ETFs uh, in Brazil. Probably more helpful to click it down here. Here we go, 275 ETFs in Brazil. And so uh, right here is the, the EWZ, okay? Uh, they've got, uh, um, this is uh, for, for investing in Brazil, okay? And you can click here to find out what, what the components are. Yeah. And, and the fees as well. Yeah. So you go here to holdings, you can find out what, what's in it. Yeah. So you've got all, all these companies here. Or what you can do is you can go to um, finance.yahoo.com. Always use free resources. Never pay for anybody to give you advice on what to buy or sell online, ever. Always do your own research. Okay. You type in EWZ, which is the ETF uh, for, for Brazil. Uh, and you'll see what's in this thing. We've got, um, it's, it's a very natural resource rich economy, um, uh, similar to Canada uh, and, and Australia, which is why the Brazilian rei and the Canadian dollar and the, and the Australian dollar go up a lot when China buys a lot of commodities. Okay, but you can scroll down here and you'll see that it's, it's a very commodities uh, rich economy, energy, et cetera. And so here are the largest holdings here, Petrobras with big oil company, et cetera. Now, when you do this and you look at ETFs here, you also have to look at the, the fee structure. Okay, so I think it's profile and you make sure that's well under 1%. So here, the annual fee is 0.59%. That means that if you put hundred bucks into the EWZ, you're gonna pay 59 pennies every year uh, in, in, in fees, which is pretty damn low. Yeah, it's a lot lower with the SPY as well. All right, cool. Okay, and Double A said, uh, thank you, uh, sir, for wishing what, what a lovely reply. I will sure follow your advice, sir. Call me Chris. And then you wrote, my name is Rishu. Okay, cool, thanks. And then Akshay wrote, um, is learning uh, algorithmic trading uh, worth the time spent? Uh, glad, glad to hear your take on it. Yeah, I think so. I think so, but as long as if you do that, make sure you're very long-term focused. Right. And technical analysis in general can be helpful uh, for understanding when to buy a stock. Right? I love to invest in broken stock. Or I love to invest in broken companies. Um, I'm so sorry to rephrase it. I love to invest in broken stocks, but not broken companies. And what that means is if a stock, the chart is down a lot, it's massively oversold and it feels like you're catching a falling knife. I love investing in those companies if I believe in the long term fundamentals. But if, if you ask me the question of, will algorithmic-based uh, investing and artificial intelligence-based investing be more relevant or less relevant in five years? Of course, I'd say more relevant, yeah. In terms of learning all that stuff, you can take my courses to learn finance, uh, and there's plenty of Python courses you can take online as well to learn that, yeah. All right, uh, and then uh, uh, Dowd said, you, you forgot the first part of my question. Oh, I missed it. Okay, let me do a search. I'll copy your name here. Control F. Okay, okay, you had two parts to your question, yeah. 
So um, you, you wrote, how do you make people believe in your capabilities uh, when you're in your 20s? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, this is going to be really uncomfortable for me to say, but if you don't remind people of your accomplishments, they'll never know. And so you have to humbly brag. And there's ways to do it as well. So if you're in an informational interview and uh, they ask you to tell, tell me about yourself, well, you can throw in a couple of accomplishments you have. You can say, I was, I was humbly selected as the number one salesperson uh, in, in the Northeast, whatever, that sort of thing. You have to drop in a couple of humble brags every now and then. Uh, also, um, confidence leads to perceived competence. And I, I especially when you're selling, and, and I remember, I remember I grew up in Canada and I love Ronald Reagan. That's one of the reasons I want to come to the States because um, uh, he took on big bad communism. But I remember I grew up in Canada and I remember the cover of Time, Newsweek magazine, et cetera, at that point in time was the downfall of the American student. And people always say this and it's always BS. People always say, well, American students are now 50th in the world in math and 50th in the world in science. And then it doesn't matter though, because American students are number one in the most important economic category nobody talks about, which I'll tell you about in a sec. So when I, when I started teaching here during the evenings, um, you know, 50% of my students were American and 50% were born overseas. And American students, I realized, it doesn't matter where they're born, okay? Because half the students here in the Bay Area are born overseas. But I realized that American students are number one in the world in the most important economic category that nobody talks about, which is confidence. With confidence, you can sell. With confidence, you can make something really boring like cloud computing sound awesome. With confidence, people believe that you're competent as well. Now, there's a fine line between uh, confidence and arrogance. Okay? You, you can deliver a message with confidence and you can humbly brag uh, as well. And if you're in an interview situation, just be prepared to talk about your weaknesses as well and what you learned from that. Yeah, but if I can go back to my 20s and give myself uh, advice in hindsight, I would probably say I, I wish I had done more informational meetings, right? More networking, which I teach in my, my MBA program in a lot of detail. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, uh, Zishan said, hey, Chris, can you explain why you're a capitalist? Uh, 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 yeah, sure. Uh, and then you wrote on a lighter note, I'm between uh, capitalism and socialism. Yeah, yeah. So I believe in freedom of the individual. I believe that there are no limits to what we can accomplish in life. That's why I, I despise communism. Socialism, I get it, because Canada is more socialist than America. I get it. I get it. And I do believe in, in health care being provided by government. I believe in Canada's business model, right? Or a health plan model, I should say. Yeah. Um, however, I think if you get too many government handouts, um, then innovation dies. And the, there's no economic incentive to create companies. Like if taxes are too high, like they are in, in very socialist countries, what's the incentive to start a company? And you want to incentivize people to start companies because eventually that helps the economy, which leads to jobs and, be and better productivity and a better standard of living. So I'm definitely, definitely a capitalist. Yeah. And what worries me is that, you know, for my entire life, the whole world's been moving 
uh, from uh, closer to capitalism. I love it, right? Democracy. And I remember when I was a baby, or I read about when I was a baby, uh, President Nixon went to China to open up China. And so my whole life, the whole, we, the whole world's been moving away from communism. It's a beautiful thing, freedom of the individual. You know, in, in the late 80s, uh, you know, uh, the late great President Reagan um, defeated communism and communist filth. And what's happened, though, since COVID, which really bothers me, is for the first time in my life, my entire 50 years in this wonderful planet, the world is moving back towards communism, or I should say socialism. And that scares me. That scares me because democracy and capitalism hasn't really existed for long periods of time on this planet. So it, it kind of scares me. It, it scares me that, that China is, China was becoming less communist over the years, doing it slowly, which is right. And you have to do it slowly, communist to capitalism. Otherwise you end up like Russia. You can't do it overnight, right? Uh, but, but China is now moving back towards communism and control. And I, I don't like that. I, I believe in, in freedom of the individual. I believe that there are no limits on what you can accomplish uh, in life. I really believe that. And I believe in small government as well, which is why I was such a massive fan of Ronald Reagan, who's my favorite president ever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what, what, what scares me, though, is that in a lot of countries, and I won't disclose countries or names of, of my students, but when I've done my one-on-ones with students over the past couple of years or two years or so, they've opened up to me and said that their freedoms are being taken away from them. And when COVID first happened, um, you know, I, I had students of mine saying, sir, I was beaten with a stick by a policeman for walking outdoors to get a loaf of bread after curfew. I just hope that after COVID is done, that we get our fucking freedoms back globally. Sorry for swearing, but I believe in it. Uh, and my favorite license plate is from the great state of New Hampshire. On the license plate, it says live free or die. And so for those of you that have had some, some freedoms taken away because of COVID, um, and I get it, we have to be careful um, and wear masks. And I certainly do. I carry this thing everywhere with me. And, and yes, I am vaccinated. But once the world starts returning to normal, meaning in a post-COVID world, if you find that your freedoms haven't given back, given back to you, you know, call your congressperson or your member of parliament. Yeah. Or elected officials. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe in peaceful protests, obviously. Yeah. But I believe in, like, maybe I'm a libertarian now. I don't know. Um, and I'm definitely, so I go between Democrat and Republican, depending on, on who's running. Um, but I believe in freedom of the individual. I believe that my students, no matter what country they're in, can accomplish anything in life. And there's no limits except for the limits you set for yourself. And that's why during the graduation speech, the theme of my graduation speech was belief, right? Belief. Believe in yourself and anything is possible. There are no limits to what you can accomplish in life. And if there are limits, what a depressing way to live. Yeah. So I believe in freedom of the individual. I, I know my students can accomplish anything in life. All right, hold on a second here. 
All right, next up, uh, Tari hey, Tariq, how are you, man? What's going on? Uh, Tariq uh, lives in the United Kingdom. Great guy. Thank you for recommending that, that vitamin. <laughs> I ordered them as well. I'm taking that, that new product as well. Um, thank you for that. And, and I hope you got the Apple earphones we, we talked about. You, you mentioned you ordered them. They're great. They're great, especially spatial audio. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then, so Tariq wrote here, a Vanguard index funds rock. Yeah, they're the best. Absolute best. The lowest fees, the best disclosure as well. When you look at the prospectus, they have changed Wall Street forever. And mutual funds are terrified of them, which is why mutual funds are starting to offer ETFs now as well. All right, uh, uh, Mr. Trump wrote, uh, hey, Chris, how are you? I'm great, Ho hope you're doing well. Uh, hope you're good. I would like to ask, is the whole startup thing, are they a bubble and is it gonna burst? Yeah. So when interest rates are zero, which they basically are today, when interest rates are very low, it kind of incentivizes people not to keep money in the bank because you can't make much money there. So it, is, it incentivizes people to buy riskier asset classes like NFTs, or cryptos, or growth stocks, uh, that sort of thing, or invest in startups. And so the amount of capital that startups get has an, uh, an inverse relationship to interest rates. And I'll give you an example. So back in the, the early 1980s, uh, when uh, Carter was president, um, there was a, a Federal Reserve chairperson's name was, was, was Volcker. God bless me, just passed away. And inflation was crazy. And he actually had to raise interest rates to close to 20%, right? Things were a lot worse than they are today. Now we have price discovery on the internet, which keeps prices in check and lower. Although inflation is a bit of a problem now, but not nearly as bad as in the 80s. And so when the United States government, the Federal Reserve, when Volcker raised interest rates to about 20%, everybody just kept their money in the bank. Because so you're like, hey man, I could, this is like risk-free. I can make 20% leave my money in the bank, great. And as a result of everyone leaving their money in the bank, so to speak, nobody invested in startups. There are hardly any tech startups that started in the early 80s. It's because interest rates were high. And so if and when interest rates spike a lot, then riskier asset classes that are less liquid, uh, like, like startups, for example, venture capital, they'll get, they'll get absolutely crushed. And so venture capital is very cyclical. And timing uh, is of paramount importance for startups. And so I'll ask you guys a question here. This will be fun. In 2001, right? It was an awful time uh, in, in, in human history because of 9-11. Um, people didn't want to take any risks, right? They were scared. And so venture capitalists basically invested most of their money in one company that was a sure thing. What company was that? Then fast forward to 2008, when we were within 24 hours of bank machines not working and nobody wanted to take risks. There was another private company that got the bulk of investment from venture capital firms. What was that company? So there's two parts to this question. What company got more financing than others in 2001? And what company got more financing that was private in 2008? What are those two companies? Let's see if you guys can come up with that. But the bottom line is that um, it's, it's very cyclical venture capital and, and the economy in general as well. And rates have nowhere to go but up. And I think they'll go up once COVID gets under control. Like I was hopeful, hopeful that this, this, this whole Omicron would be the least severe of all of them. And we'd have this kind of herd mentality where everybody would get some sort of it and then we're done. 
Um, but I, I don't think governments are going to raise interest rates until they have confidence that there's light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to this COVID crisis. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and I'll tell you those two companies were when, when somebody guesses here. Yeah. Okay, good. It's tough because some people watch this live and other people watch it uh, on, on hold. Uh, like uh, they, they pause it like a, like a DVR. Okay, give me one second. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Dowd wrote, uh, thank you so much, Chris. You're most welcome. Uh, very grateful to have someone like you to ask questions. My, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, next up, we got the Berlin. Uh, wrote, Chris, last class, you mentioned Singapore. Uh, uh, you were stunned how they're only 3 million population and stoked about the future outcomes of that place. Uh, how can someone benefit from it? Bonds, uh, real estate, et cetera. Yeah, I would look into Singapore ETFs. Okay, make sure they're liquid. Make sure that the uh, the annual fee uh, is, is less than 1%. Uh, and also make sure they're liquid, meaning you can get in and out quickly if need be. So look at the average daily trading volume times the price of that ETF. Yeah. And the reason I mentioned that I'm very bullish on Singapore longer term uh, is because a, a lot of multinational companies uh, that had their Asian-based headquarters in Hong Kong are leaving Hong Kong now uh, as Beijing is, is getting more left-wing. Yeah. And it's not just me saying this. I mean, you can do a search on, on John Chambers, who's chairman emeritus of Cisco, and he was the CEO of Cisco, ticker CSCO, for 17 years. And I think he should be president. I, I wish he was running. I'd vote for him. Uh, but he's basically saying it, it's fiscally irresponsible for him to invest um, in venture capital uh, in Hong Kong right now, or China in general. Yeah, until we get some clarity on on how much the Chinese government is going to move back towards communism. Yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, Andreas wrote, um, I, I live in Argentina. Cool. Uh, and I invested in Mercado Libra there years ago, which eBay bought and then they, they sold. Yeah. I live in Argentina. Uh, let me tell you that socialism is like a conveyor belt that takes you directly to communism. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to... It's tough, man. It's tough. I think one of the reasons the United States government pulled out of Afghanistan uh, is because they want to kind of really focus from a, a CIA perspective, whatever, geopolitical perspective on, on fighting communism uh, with, with China, so to speak. Yeah. And the reason they were in Afghanistan in the first place was because, you know, Russia was trying to influence them to be communist and America had to come in, whatever, um, which is kind of the basis also for uh, the Vietnam War and the Korean War. But I think the United States government now is, is really, really focused um, on, um, on China. And I'm optimistic everything's going to work out well. Yeah. Um, and, and then Andres uh, said uh, regarding uh, communism, it, it, it's what affects this country that helps practically the same potential as the United States. But in politics, we're more like Cuba than the United States. Yeah. 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 I, I, I and, and the more that the more left wing countries become, the less that other countries will want to invest in those countries. They're shooting themselves in the foot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But desperate times come for, call for desperate measures, I guess, because of COVID. But, but still, we better get our freedoms back. 
And again, I'm sorry for cussing earlier. All right, nobody answered the question. Okay, I'll tell you what the answer is. Okay, so in 2001, there was uh, basically one venture capital firm or one venture capital investment that was a sure thing because people were scared of investing in anything but a sure thing. That was Google. In 2008, uh, the company that got the bulk of venture capital uh, financing, and I invested in them too, was Facebook. And so timing has a lot to do with success. Of course, they're great companies, period. But the fact that they, they lived through an era where not many firms were getting startup capital in 01 and 08, it did kind of help them, right? They were able to raise more capital, which became self-fulfilling. Okay. Uh, and then Harsh said, after taking your complete options course, can we start trading? Yeah. So in the course, uh, I mentioned, if you're on the beginner track, there's a beginner track and a genius track. If you're on the beginner track especially, uh, I recommend practicing trading for at least six months, at least, because options can be deadly, right? You can lose a fortune if you're not careful, right? Yeah. Or if you really want to start investing in options, then just buy them, don't short sell them, meaning don't be an option writer. Uh, and just practice for six months at least with a paper portfolio. And I tell you exactly how to do it. And I provide you with all the tools you need uh, in that course. And I say it because I, I, I deeply care about my students. Uh, I want you to be careful. Yeah. But it's a wonder, wonderful way to invest because you can make money uh, when, when stocks go down. And, and you can make hundreds of times your money uh, if a stock moves a lot. Yeah. But it's risky. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then Andres wrote here, in communism, someone thinks they can think for you. Yeah, it's like the thought police, um, you know, from George Orwell's 1984. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and Andres said, please, I invite you to read uh, uh, Anne Rind. Yeah, yeah, uh, I used to sit beside a guy named Brian Carter, smart guy on, on a trading floor, and he, he introduced me to Anne Rind as, as well, yeah. But it, it's kind of cerebral, it's tough for me, right? Yeah, I have to use a dictionary as well a lot. All right, uh, and he was a libertarian, that guy beside me. Okay, next up, uh, uh, Nakufi wrote, uh, hey Chris, uh, Nakuli, sorry, Nakuli here again. Uh, would you consider yourself lucky or you worked hard? Um, and then you wrote, how do you perform at your peak? Uh, I'm here to collect all the quivers, brother. And then you wrote, great speech at graduation, by the way. Thank you, I appreciate that, that, that was a fun event, yeah. So there's a great quote I love, which is, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I would always rather hire somebody uh, with uh, average intelligence, but incredible work ethic, than somebody with a high IQ, which is subjective, uh, and, and, a, and a crappy work ethic. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that if you're willing to fail over and over and over again, it's just a matter of time till you'll succeed. But I've always worked hard my, my whole life. I worked very hard. Yeah, yeah. Even now I do 15-hour days. But it's hard for me not to. And every second I'm not working is with these three uh, three guys here. We're all, we're all matching with blue today. Here's what my picture is going to be this week. Okay, hold on. I, and I'll remember what time I at. 10.31, the YouTube picture. Like, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll point or something like this. They'll, they'll be happy to be in it. Hold on. And I'll take the image for this. Okay, great. I'll remember that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I do 15-hour days. Um, Sunday, I'm trying not to anymore. 
uh, only because I love what I'm doing and I'm spending every other second with Christine and the boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I think that I'm able to do it because um, and I don't, humbly, I don't have to work, but I do it because I love doing it. I'm not chasing money. Um, I'm just doing my passion and my purpose is to humbly help my students, whether they're customers or not, I don't care. Um, you know, live their life on, on, on their own terms, yeah. But if you're passionate about what you do, you can be much more productive as well. Like I feel like um, if you compare me to somebody that's not passionate about teaching, um, I think my productivity, humbly, is 10 times higher because you love doing it. It's kind of like uh, a developers in Silicon Valley. Uh, they love doing what they're doing and that's why they're good at it. And the difference between an average programmer uh, and, and a really skilled programmer in terms of performance is 10x because they love it. And I love this. Okay. Next question is from Akshay who's saying, Chris, how do you try to answer a question about a topic which we know very little about? Yeah. So if you're in an interview and you don't know the answer to something, um, you say, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. I'll give you an example. When I interviewed with Goldman Sachs back in the summer of, of in July of, uh, of 1998, um, there's one guy there named Jordan Waxman. I remember he interviewed me. Uh, and Jordan asked me, what markets do you follow in Europe? And so I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the CAC Cajon, uh, the DAX, the FTSE. And he said, okay, on the DAX, uh, what, what company in particular have you done research on? And I said, Daimler Chrysler. And then he said, okay, who's the CEO of Daimler Chrysler? And I said, Jürgen Schrempp. And he said, okay, who's the CFO? And I said, I, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. And they do that. It's an interview tactic just to see if you're going to BS. I wouldn't BS to make up a name, but you know what I'm getting at. And they want to see how resourceful you are as well. So in your thank you email to them, and you send the thank you email the second you leave their office before they submit the HR form if they like you or not. But in your thank you email, you write something like this. Thank you in the title. Jordan, thanks a lot uh, for our meeting today. Semicolon. I enjoyed our conversation. In terms of your question about who the CFO of Daimler Chrysler is, it's this person here. Uh, thanks again. Have a great weekend. Your future boss. No, no, Chris. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, I got uh, 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 Solomon, S-L-M-A-N. And if I mispronounce anyone's name, please, please let me know. If I skipped anybody, just paste it again, please. So Solomon wrote, uh, uh, hey, Chris, I, I bought your course, Introduction to Finance, uh, Accounting, uh, and Modeling, uh, but I did not get the New Year's offer for the six free courses yet. How do I get them? I never did a, a six free courses thing. If you want, tell me where you saw that from. There are a lot of people that impersonate me because I look like Bradley Pitts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do get people that impersonate me a lot. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, like people on Twitter, um, people sending out emails, uh, people creating YouTube accounts with the exact same picture and name as me. And people have also used WhatsApp to pretend they're me as well, like I showed you earlier today when I caught that criminal. Um, just let me know what you're talking about. Thanks. And, and I'll issue a cease and desist. Thanks. I will end that person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Ahmed uh, wrote, hey, Ahmed, how are you, man? Uh, wrote, uh, what is the best way to track and monitor changing stock holdings in ETFs and mutual funds without having to manually check? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
this is tough because I, I don't like being connected directly to a Bloomberg terminal because it'll make you watch stocks all day long. You can't use Jedi mind trick to make money, etc. Um, uh, I would say Yahoo Finance. So you can go to finance.yahoo.com and set up a portfolio for free. Don't let them upsell you on their other services, though. Just do the free thing, okay? Because I don't want you to get advice from them or anybody on what stocks to buy. And you can set up a portfolio there. Yeah. All right. And Andres wrote 50% in, in, inflation rates in, in Argentina. You wrote there last year. Wow, I didn't realize that. It's brutal, man. It is absolutely brutal. Yeah. You can't keep printing money and expect the economy to improve. Like in the United States, the amount of U.S. dollars out there today versus two years ago is 40% higher. It's crazy. Nuts. And what happened was in the early 1980s, when the Federal Reserve chairperson Volcker uh, raised interest rates to 20% to fight inflation, uh, what he did actually was he flew to Germany to meet with Helmut Kohl because Germany knows a lot about inflation. Uh, because the, the, the Deutsche Mark or the predecessor of the Deutsche Mark, they made too much post-World War I. And people had to literally take wheelbarrows of money into the market to buy a loaf of bread. And kids would make wallpaper out of, out of Deutsche Marks. I've, I've got a couple sample ones here uh, it, it, in my props. Yeah. But, but what happened was the United States government got advice from Germany, Helmut Kohl in particular, to the extent that they knew they had to raise interest rates drastically. Otherwise, if inflation gets out of control, you don't have an economy. I didn't realize it was 50%. Wow. I remember in uh, Zimbabwe in September of 2008, the daily inflation rate was 98%. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then you wrote uh, Ash Atlas Shrugged. I should check out. I saw, was it Tom Cruise in that movie? Or not? Or, or Tom Hanks? I tried watching it. I, I couldn't get through it. But um, but I will check out uh, Anne Wren's uh, uh, material as well. Um She's more of a libertarian than I am. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I believe in uh, freedom of the individual always. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I don't mind. Like uh, in the United States, you've got extreme opinions. I'm going to be careful where I dance on this one. Uh, you've got extreme opinions, right? And, and a lot of brilliance and ignorance too in every country. But I don't mind extreme opinions as long as it's not violent or hurtful at all. Um, because it basically keeps the government in check. And it's wonderful to be able to voice your opinion, freedom of speech. Um, so there's enough checks and balances in place to kind of keep the government in check, so to speak. Okay. And the way America was founded, and I'm starting to learn more about the political system and the history of America. Like when I got my green card, I had to study all this stuff to get it. Uh, and they did a thorough background check on me. Um, like a thorough background check on me because I was on the no-fly list for a while because my Arabic last name, which I proudly have. Um, but when I learned about uh, American politics, basically, if I could sum it up, it, it would be this. Hundreds of years ago, a bunch of people came from Europe to America and they tried to create a political system based on the greatest hits of what worked in Europe and more. And that's why there's a lot of checks and balances in place uh, in the United States from a, a government perspective. Um, and one thing I love about America that I wish Canada had, uh, I grew up in Canada, is term limits. So in the United States, you cannot be president for more than eight years. In Canada and in many countries, you can be prime minister or president forever. I think there should be term limits. 
Because if you're only president for eight years and not forever, like FDR or whatever, uh, if you're only president for eight years, you will really focus on your legacy and helping make the country better by the time you leave. But if you're prime minister or president forever, you appeal to the middle class and you raise taxes a lot and you appeal to the voting class mainly and your, your goal is just to stay in power forever. No disrespect to the middle class, but I hate high taxes. Yeah. Meaning governments uh, raising taxes. Yeah. All right. Amazing. 50% inflation. I, I had no idea about that in Argentina. Amazing. All right. Uh, and then Harsh said, I'm in your MBA program. Okay, great. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. Um, cool. Thank you. Uh, and Andre, and I'm getting to the point now where it's it's harder for me to remember all the names of, of students in the program, but, but I'll, I do my best. I do my best. Yeah. Um, and Andreas wrote, Mercado Libra plans to release a crypto soon. Okay, cool. That means free market, I think. Yeah. In, in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Salman wrote, thanks, Chris. Uh, or, or Salman wrote, do you think uh, Shiba Inu coin? I, I don't know anything about that crypto. I get that question a lot. Yeah. I've done, I haven't done any research on that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh my God. Andrea said Mercado Libra is worth one fourth of the Argentina GDP. Amazing. Amazing. So the United States, what? $12 trillion GDP. I guess that's like Apple. Yeah. Interesting. All right. And Salman wrote, uh, there was an offer in New Year's Eve. If I buy a one-on-one -on -one course, I get six free courses. I didn't see that offer anywhere. I did not send out a message that said six free courses. Maybe my team did. If you want, um, send that email to me uh, at uh, send it to support at haroonventures.com. Okay. Uh, and if that was something my marketing team did, which I wasn't aware of, but if they did, of course, I'll honor it in that email. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Andreas wrote, um, oh, hold on a second here. Next up, we got uh, the Berlin uh, who wrote, Chris, tell Christine, my wife, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for boring you to us uh, as we need people like you in this world. Thank you once again. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I want to bring her in, show, have you say that to her directly. No, I'm just kidding. No, she's great, dude. She's so patient. And at the end of my graduation speech, I, I, I thanked her because, you know, MBA does not stand for married but available. It's bad dad humor. Sorry. Yeah. No, she's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. I found my soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. It was hard though. I had to ask her out a bunch of times. And after our, I remember our second or third date, I was like, oh my God, this is the one. I met her uh, December 22nd, 1996. Uh, and so we dated for a couple of weeks. I was like, oh my God, this is the one. It's amazing. Um, and then uh, my company, Accenture, sent me to do offshore banking work in, in Barbados, um, which was fun. But, and I remember I sent Christine. I thought this was the I sent her a dozen red roses and she wouldn't call me back. And eventually I talked to her and I was like, she was, she was kind of, I was like, what, what happened? Right. And, and apparently I didn't know this. I mean, I'm an idiot, but the whole hard to get thing, whatever, you're not supposed to, you don't send a dozen red roses after just two dates or so. Right. So I think I kind of spooked her and I called all of my, uh, my girlfriends, meaning friends that are women, not my, yeah. Um, and, and all my buddies, uh, uh, wives or whatever it is, or their, their girlfriends. And I, my, my little sisters and I asked for advice 
uh, and they said, Chris, you kind of overdid it. I never overdo anything. Um, and so, um, yeah. Eventually she said, yes. I said, Christine, damn it, you will learn to love me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, she's great. All right. And my kids, they all, they, their eyes are all from Christine. My, my wife's an eye hog. Yeah, my kids look like all like Christine. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God they didn't get this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's aerodynamic. Like try beating me in, in skiing. I'll kick your ass, man, with this big thing here. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that. Appreciate that. Uh, and Andreas wrote, uh, printing money to stop inflation is like printing titles to combat ignorance. Uh, USA, don't copy uh, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think we'll, you'll ever see inflation like that here. Um, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. There, there'd be a lot of protests. It, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, so Solomon said it was Udemy courses. Hmm. Whatever email you got, because um, I found a website once that looked just like Udemy, everything about it, and I reported it to uh, compliance at, at Udemy. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes people will create websites to look like they're, they're mine. Um, there's a lot of pricks out there. Yeah. But again, send it to me. Um, uh, to support at haroonventures.com uh, and then I will make a priority to look at that. Thanks. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Mr. Trump wrote here, um, uh, can you tell me, and actually I had, um, so when I worked at Goldman Sachs, um, somebody on my team I, I managed, his name was uh, Mark Mulrooney, great kid. Um, and so he uh, he's Brian Mulrooney, the Prime, Prime Minister of Canada's uh, uh, son. This guy's amazing. And he was dating Ivanka Trump at the time. And uh, I remember I used to ask him, I was like, so Mark, what are you, what are you doing this weekend? He said, well, I'm playing golf with my dad in the bushes. Um, not bushes, but Bush Sr., Bush Jr. God bless Bush Sr. Um, but he was also dating uh, Ivanka. Uh, and the way, the way Trump uh, raised them was to be very respectful. They had to take out the garbage as well. So I think he did a good job uh, raising them, yeah. But uh, I won't get political here on you. Yeah. All right. Um, could you tell me about your experience at Columbia University? Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated in the class of 2000. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, I partied a lot. Um, it's fun to be in New York. Um, made a lot of great friends, but I didn't really learn as much as I'd like to have learned. And, and the problem with traditional business schools, and this is why I do what I do. It's a pain point for me is that they don't teach you the most valuable skills. Like ask anybody that graduated from MBA school, do you know how to start a company now? Or, or did they teach you how to sell? They teach you how to present, no. They teach you how to, how to interview, no. Then what'd you learn? Did they teach you how to manage your own money? No. Then why'd you do it? And so for me, it's interesting because when I graduated from Columbia and I got my, um, my, my signing bonus from, from Goldman and, I worked there for a bit, and right after 9-11, uh, I wanted to buy an apartment because everyone was freaking out. No one was buying real estate then, and I always like to buy when people are freaking out. But I remember I called my buddies, uh, Richard Matisau. Uh, I'll have Richard come on this call one day. He sent me a text the other day. Uh, I called my buddies. I was like, dude, how does a mortgage work? And they're like, I don't know. They didn't teach us that in school. 
And that's why I wrote this book, 101 Crucial Lessons I Don't Teach You in Business School. And that's why my MBA program is, is very different from the others. It's new hairdo here. I don't know how to part my hair, man. Good. Yeah. No, it was, it was I, I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. And actually, in this year's class, this year's, uh, uh, my, uh, in my Platinum MBA program, uh, we have another uh, Columbia University uh, MBA graduate named Michelle G. Uh, she graduated Columbia in uh, 2013. Uh, she's in the program as well. Yeah, she's great. All right. Uh, and then Arthur wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, hey, Arthur. I'm graduating high school soon, uh, and I want to take a gap year to travel the world. For this, I need to save up money. Uh, do you have any ideas uh, for side hustles online I can do to save up uh, money? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you can do is, is this, and I've done this with my kids before, and my, my kids are very entrepreneurial. They, they're growing up here in a very entrepreneurial-oriented house. Um, what you can do is you can approach your friends and your family uh, and your neighbors and ask them if they would be interested in letting you sell stuff they have in their attic, right? Like you'll be amazed, like an old iPod, like go to eBay, check it out. 500 bucks for an old iPod. A lot of people have thousands of dollars worth of stuff in their attic, right? And sometimes these consumer electronic devices have have um, certain minerals in them or commodities that people can melt down and sell, like an old air conditioning unit. So I would look to do that, sell that used stuff on eBay, old video games, whatever it is. And you take a 20% fee, right? And so you collect the money and then you send them the other 80%. So it's win-win. They're making 80%, you're making 20%. It's, it's the whole business of consignment. It works really, really well, yeah. Uh, aside from that, other online gigs. Um, oh, if you're passionate about streaming, uh, like my, my middle child, Matthew, he, on the, the left here, he's a bit older now. Uh, during COVID, you know, he's got this great attitude that when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And so he started um, a Twitch channel. He made a lot of money, he's done well. Uh, he bought all the equipment himself, that sort of thing. You can also teach online if you want to. Um, other things you can do as a side hustle, you could, you know, be an Uber or a Lyft driver as well. Those are just some ideas. Yeah. All right. Um, and then Oloratu wrote, Hey, Chris, uh, thank you for the valuable content. You're most welcome. Uh, other than the advice uh, that you received uh, from your grandfather about property, uh, what is the most important thing to know about real estate investing? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I would say you always want to buy um, the crappiest house in the nicest neighborhood instead of buying the nicest house in the crappiest uh, neighborhood. Yeah. And, and also you wanna, and I'll be coming out with a, a real estate course this year, uh, probably second half. Um, and, and what I'll do is I'll probably fly up to Ontario where I bought a couple of buildings recently and just explain the whole process. So I bought a, a couple of buildings right by the University of Western Ontario in, in London, Ontario, where I was born. Um, and I'm renting them out to students um, and Obviously, you got to make sure that uh, the amount of money you collect in rent uh, is uh, is greater than your monthly mortgage. Yeah, yeah. And also, before you buy a house or an apartment, uh, especially a house, see if there's an extra room that you can connect to the outside. I know it's tough that you can rent out for Airbnb so that your mortgage is paid off entirely by Airbnb. And you also want to make sure to search to see uh, if there are any regulations that prohibit you from using Airbnb uh, where you live, that, that sort of thing. But there's a lot more to it as well. Uh, the three most important things about uh, about real estate are location, location, location. Yeah. 
And I'll talk a lot more about that uh, later on this year. If you're in my MBA degree program, I've got, I'll have a longer version of that uh, all set up, probably in the fourth semester in the finance and accounting track. Yeah. And if you took my MBA in previous years, as with all my students, you get all my new stuff for free that I add to the, um, to the curriculum. Yeah. And it'll be set up as an elective. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, Salman wrote, uh, thank you very much for answering my questions, Chris. You're most welcome. Most welcome. Um, moving on to, uh, to Dowd, uh, Dowd wrote here, how do you establish and heal the economy of Afghanistan uh, for the working class by fixing one thing when you have support of all the citizens, including overseas, but without getting in trouble with bad boys? And when you say bad boys, I'm sure you're talking about the, the, the Taliban. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, there's, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know the answer. I, I, I wish I did. I wish I did. And God bless anybody that helps uh, Afghan and Syrian-based refugees. And, and a lot of my friends and family members have. Yeah. I don't know. God willing, there's, there's, there's no violence, though. And it broke my heart seeing those airplanes take off, leaving people behind. You guys all saw it on CNN or whatever television you watch. Yeah. I don't know how to solve it. But if I was uh, Hamid Karzai, uh, previous political leader, um, I'd probably embrace capitalism. I know it doesn't work in all parts of the world, um, but I'd probably do what Saudi Arabia did um, and bring multinational firms, expats in, um, to excavate uh, you know, rare minerals or whatever it is. Um, now, some of the largest uranium deposits on the planet are up in the mountains there. Uh, in, in, uh, in close to Kandahar, which is terrifying for obvious reasons. But I would probably bring in multinational firms to help us, you know, find natural resources. And of course, we take a cut. And I would reinvest all the money that we make as the Afghan government uh, into education. Because I really do believe that education solves all problems in the world before they occur. Yeah. You know, like, like Malala said, uh, with guns, you can kill terrorists. With education, you can kill terrorism. And for more details, you can go and check out my, my TEDx talk I gave many years ago uh, on the future of the world um, and how T, T-E-A-T, can fix all problems in the world. That stands for Technology, Education, and Acceptance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, Zeeshan wrote, uh, bye, Chris, for today. See you, man. Uh, hope to join you next week and every week for the coming 100 years uh, as as we'll all live and learn together then. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Moving on to Akshay who wrote, Chris, can you please talk more about uh, your switch uh, from the software industry into financial services? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I basically, there's a saying in Silicon Valley that it's easier uh, for an engineer to learn finance than it is for a finance person to learn engineering. Right. And I think having a background in engineering helps a lot as well. Um, I networked a lot. You know, I, I came to the United States to go to school here. Um, I networked like crazy, but it wasn't just Columbia. I, I networked like crazy to make that change. Yeah. yeah. And anybody can do it. Just set up a hundred, yes, a hundred networking meetings and you will get that job of your dreams. I pro I guarantee it. You'll see. You'll see. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Steve uh, wrote, uh, Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year to you too, Steve. Um, have fun. Uh, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Uh, thank you for the amazing job uh, you're doing. No questions today. Cheers. Cheers. 
Cheers. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Next up, uh, Juhyun uh, Kim wrote, uh, can you please advise on choosing the right career path for a high school kid? Yeah. Oof. It's tough from that age to do it. Um, okay, first of all, I wouldn't listen to anybody in your life that tells you to be an engineer or a lawyer. Okay. Um, now, one of the Ten Commandments, and, and I'm religious, Ten Commandments is the basis for many great religions. you got to honor your mother and father. Uh, but they'll understand if you follow your heart. Uh, don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do. And don't just chase money your whole life. Find your passion. And the younger you do it, the happier you'll be. It's hard, though. It's hard. You have to find yourself. And it's, I, I wouldn't put pressure on yourself at all because it took me until my 40s to realize what my passion and purpose is. It's, it's this wonderful job or passion I have right now. Yeah, it takes time. And, and what I recommend doing um, if you're a high school student is you know, find alumni from your high school that work in various industries and just grab a coffee or a tea with them or do a Zoom call. It's free. And ask them what it's like to work in that sector. And after those meetings, if what they do sounds cool to you and fun, then do an internship. Ask them, can I do an internship? And if you do an internship and you enjoy it, then make that your full-time gig. If not, network some more and do another internship somewhere else. Rinse, lather, repeat till you're happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then um, uh, I'm going to have to wrap this up in a second, guys. Sorry. Uh, I've got my, my gold and platinum uh, MBA office hours. Uh, so Solomon wrote, uh, I want to be a good uh, business administrator. What courses should I focus on with courses? I mean, like accounting, finance, and economics. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be careful of the economics because a lot of it is bogus. It's supply and demand graphs, which no one uses in the real world, unless you want to be the minister of finance or the, the head of the Bank of England, the ECB, or the Federal Reserve. Um, so I would probably... I would focus more on entrepreneurship courses and finance courses, okay? Because finance and accounting, they're, they're, it's not common sense. It's like a different language. You gotta, you gotta speak the language of business by understanding finance uh, and accounting. So I do finance, accounting, entrepreneurship. And I cover all that stuff in my MBA program. You can go to my website to learn more, yeah. Okay, uh, and then this is gonna be the last one today, guys. I gotta wrap up, I'm so sorry. Ola Ryder wrote, uh, thank you for answering my question. Uh, can you touch on Web 3.0 mainly? Uh, do you think it's just a buzzword? Uh, and if you can, uh, uh, please uh, explain uh, how uh, DAOs work. Yeah, so I, it, it's going to take me a while to do that. So what I recommend you do is, is go to my website and do a search for, I think, Web 3.0, Metaverse. Same thing, Metaverse. Uh, and I had uh, Todd Martin, one of my amazing students that graduated last year, um, uh, uh, on some of these webcasts as well. So um, go here to, uh, my team did a great job with that that logo there. Uh, but you go here to learn more about uh, the, the metaverse. Um, yeah, so just do a search on, is the metaverse uh, the future? Yeah. And so I, I talked about Oculus and all that, that stuff as, as, as well. Um, let me see if this is the right link. Hold on one second. This here, open like a new tab. So I change things around and make sure it's working. Okay, good. It goes there. And that goes to office. That's okay, nice, good. Okay, great. Yeah, so I, I would do that. Just go to my website and do a search for, for Metaverse. <laughs> and I'm smiling because I ordered this sign because I thought it would inspire people. 
Uh, but it doesn't say believe in yourself. It says believe in yourself. I, I got it right though the uh, the second time around when when I ordered this thing here. Okay. All right, guys. So I, I got to wrap up the call. Uh, if you're in my gold and, and platinum MBA degree program, uh, please go to the calendar using the password I provide you guys with um, in the January 4th email. Um, uh, and I'm looking forward to connecting with all of you. Uh, if, if not, um, if you're not in the, 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 MB, the gold and platinum MBA program, God bless you. Uh, have a, a healthy and safe and blessed weekend as well. Uh, and I'll see you next Thursday and every Thursday. Uh, at, uh, at at 8 a.m. my time. Please click like and subscribe. Thank you and, and take care. And as I do, I always end my webcast with this uh, video that I, I licensed, uh, which has Steve Jobs in it, which is inspiring. God bless you and thank you. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is and your, your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life, th that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it, you can influence it, you can you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it, um, that's maybe the most important thing, is to shake off this, uh, th this uh, erroneous notion that life is, is there and you're just going to live in it, versus embrace it, change it, improve it, make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, uh, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Um, once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free, or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.